following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? For the thousands in attendance, for the millions watching at home, and just because we are back, baby. It's time for Wrestling News Live. For the fans, by the fans. Just when you thought it was safe to turn on the old grappling show, look who's back in town. The Bad Boys of Wrestling Radio. The boys who were rebels before being a rebel was cool. The trade dog. We will never use the words God, Jesus, or any other racial or sexual slurs. In JJ Sexay. I did not. I repeat, I did not sleep with that young injured. As a matter of fact, I was up all night. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the two-time wrestling radio show of the year, Wrestling News Live. All right, guys, good evening and welcome to another edition of Wrestling News Live. Let's just kill that right there. Um, I, of course, am JJ, all caps, sexy, Mr. Money on the Mic. It is January 10th, 2011, the second edition of Wrestling News Live, right here on the SNS Radio Network. We're broadcasting, obviously, not only on uh, SundayNightShowdown.com, AudioWrestling.com, WrestlingNewsLive.tk, and, of course, www.Wrestling-Online.com. Got a big show ahead of us tonight, lots to discuss. We're going to recap tonight's Monday Night Raw. Uh, going into the Royal Rumble in about three weeks' time on January 30th. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, we're going to look at what happened last night for the TNA Genesis pay-per-view. But with that said, joining me on the phone lines, the Trey Dog. How are you, my friend? You know, it's been uh, it's been a long day for me. I mean, to be honest, I, I'm feeling a little sick. I've been undergoing a lot of weather here, a lot of snow and ice falling here in Calgary. Yeah. Um I don't really feel great and I no, it's snow of the year actually. <laughs> That's what I heard. That's a, my dad actually called yesterday, left me a message and said that uh, it was the first snow of the year in Arkansas. So oh, yeah. he, he couldn't oh, believe it. it. it yeah, he, he couldn't believe it. So um no, I'm just, you know, I, I know that you're not feeling great. I'm not feeling great, but uh you know, I know later on in the program, we are going to seriously run down what happened last night, the fallout, if you will, from the TNA Genesis pay-per-view. I think, I think that I have an idea that is either going to make me look like the Nostradamus of professional wrestling, the Albert Einstein of professional wrestling. The Bob Vila of TNA wrestling. Or it could make me look like the biggest idiot on wrestling radio 
worldwide. It is about a 50-50 shot. I thought of this today. I wrote it down. And not only did I write it down, but I, I, I thought, you know, I, I weighed this decision. I weighed this thought for several hours. I, I asked a couple non-wrestling fans in my family, what, would they watch this? Would this, would this make them more interested possibly? And they said that it would, and, and, and we'll go from there later on, but I, in the second segment, I guess, is where JJ wants to discuss this. So I will tell you now in advance to set your recorders because I'm either going to look like the biggest genius on the planet or I'm going to look like the biggest idiot in Internet Wrestling Radio. And I'm okay with both. I, I've been both at different times. But nothing like this. This is something that has not been, to my knowledge, discussed anywhere. It's not been recommended anywhere. If it has, maybe I'm not thinking straight because I'm all doped up on pain pills and cough medicine to get me through tonight's show. But uh, I I love this idea, and, it, and like I said, it just came to me today, and so we'll we'll share that with you coming up. And JJ has no idea what I'm talking about. This is true. I have not even spoken to you. I have no idea what path you're going to lead us down. I have also some thoughts on last night's show. I have a book that I'm keeping. I, I, I found, J.J., that a lot of times I, I come up with something and then I forget it. Maybe it's middle age, Alzheimer's, you know. I don't know. But I'm writing things down now as they come to me so that I can remember to bring them back up at a later time. And listening to last night's pay-per-view, mainly, mainly listening to your limited post show I wrote a few things down and I definitely want to bring those up tonight as well sounds like a plan so not that we're going to completely trash TNA and we're not going to completely praise TNA I know what JJ feels about last night's pay-per-view and I think most of you know how I feel about it somewhat I think I might surprise a few of you but with that being said, we'll get to that later on. Absolutely. So I guess we may as well start things off. Let's just hit the action hot and heavy and discuss a little bit of news. Excuse me! Excuse me! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. May I have your attention, please? And I need all of you. So stop what you're doing and listen. And now the news. A lot of interesting things happening in the news, Trey. Since the last time we did a show together, last week, of course, uh, one of the big news stories coming out, and I, I just laugh every time I think about this story, but apparently an 18-year-old from Indiana has decided to pursue legal action against the WWE. Not only yeah. is he targeting the World Wrestling uh, Entertainment He's also targeting uh, Paul Triple H Levesque and The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Apparently, I believe it was the 2000 Judgment Day pay-per-view. Uh, Triple H and The Rock took it to the outside. 
brawling in the crowd, and apparently uh, a fat person was pushed on a seven-year-old kid or an eight-year-old kid. Fatties. And uh, supposedly this injured this person. So he's waited 10, 11 years to file a lawsuit. But the story gets better. TMZ has actually been covering this quite a bit, and they've really uh, honed in on this kid. Apparently, he likes to race cars. He does a lot of stock car racing, and he's wrecked a few cars. But apparently, when he was seven years old, he was injured at the hands of a morbidly obese woman who got involved in the action between The Rock and Triple H. suing her. Exactly. So he's suing the WWE and, of course, Triple H and The Rock for willful uh, or unwillful conduct outside the ring. Can you believe it? Well, you know, and that's the thing, like baseball games, a lot of times if you read the fine print on your ticket, it says, not responsible for accidents, keep your eye on the action at all times. But that would have been okay had he sued him the night after the event. You know, don't wait 18 years and go, oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to put my kids through college. All right. Well, you know, apparently... uh let me see. The Louisville, Kentucky-based Courier-Journal is reporting that uh, Ronald Basham, an 18-year-old from Indiana, has sued the WWE. He suffered at the Judgment Day pay-per-view in May 2000, claiming he had seen various doctors over the years for his leg and had to get surgery to repair the problem. The alleged hmm. incident concerned when both Rock and Triple H were wrestling among the crowd, Rock pushed a fan who was at ringside into a woman who fell into Basham, causing the injury. <laughs> it was. Well, I guess it means that I need to get me an attorney because if you go back and listen to the Unbreakable Post show where JSK and I were there live, Raven and Rhino did a, a bit outside the ring, and uh, my shin got caught underneath the guardrail, and it, it bruised my shin, and I still have a scar from where it cut me open to this day. You know, that, that reminds me. Like that reminds me of the infamous night that I got plastered in Oklahoma City and attended the uh, the WWE house show the night that I was so drunk that I literally asked Jillian Hall to marry me, or at least shouted to her marry me. Oh, so did you ask somebody to marry you that night? Yeah, that would be Jillian Hall. Um, a buddy of mine actually got cut on the guardrail due to somebody being thrown in the guardrail, and once that happened, the WWE immediately gave us uh, T-shirts or whatever we wanted, so... Maybe I should pursue legal action as well, since I, I mean, was there. I mean, you profess your love to Jillian when she still had all that shit on her face. No, this was after the mole was gone. This was after the boogeyman I mean, ate it. Did they remove the oatmeal cookie? Yes, yes. This was when she was managing JPL uh, right before WrestleMania. What was it twenty three? She had plastic surgery on her face. Yes, yes. She was hot as fuck when she got there, and then all of a sudden now she looks like she's had half of my ass injected into her face. <laughs> Well, that'll do it to anybody there, Trey. Well, yeah. But, yeah, very interesting uh, lawsuit. I honestly don't think this kid has a leg to stand on, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Out. Yeah, I mean, come on. He's playing. What, 11 years after the fact? Give me a break, man. This is ridiculous. Uh, apparently, the WWE is in talks to hair WrestleMania 27 in 3D in some movie theaters. Yay. The Chicago Independent Press has an article on its website about the WWE in negotiations 
with Fathom Events to bring the WrestleMania 27 Spectacular in 3D to nation to theaters nationwide. Talks now, current. They don't have anything like that around here. We don't have a theater to go to. Well, there you go. That's going to be major cities only. I would think that Oklahoma City would have it because they do have a pretty well, state-of-the-art theater there. They might. They might be the only ones. I know Tulsa doesn't have it anywhere. I mean, it went from being a deal where you could go to Hooters and then some local bars used to do it, but it got so expensive because for an establishment to show one of those shows, they charge you per occupancy. And then you have to charge people to get in before they even order anything to cover your costs. It just got to be too much of a headache, and most of them just quit doing it. Well, here's what's really going on with this. There is a snag. Um, Currently, the talks are stalled over the split revenue with WWE wanting 47% from the pay-per-view income and up to 70% from the box office receipts. Fathom wants a bigger piece of the cake, but WWE seems like they don't want to give up the higher rate asked. Fathom has previously worked with UFC to air their pay-per-views on the big screen. Now, I will say this. Here in the local Calgary area, there are a few different movie theaters that do play the WWE pay-per-views every month. I've never went to one because I'm always covering the pay-per-views at home and watching them, you know, with Sunday Night Showdown. But they right. do. Every pay-per-view for the WWE, they have aired in theaters here. Not in 3D, but in theaters, mind you. I know they don't do it here, unfortunately. Apparently, the WWE has announced a new executive vice president of business affairs and general counsel. Uh, that would be Michael Luizzi. So congratulations to Michael Luizzi. All right. I'm going to slow week for news. <laughs> apparently, the uh, trailer for Triple H's new movie, The Chaperone, is apparently out. Have you seen that yet? I did see this. I think it's going to be pretty good, actually. But then again, I liked both the other movies they put out. Well, I didn't think Knucklehead was bad, and I mean, even Legendary, I finally saw it, and I, you know. Legendary got a bad rap, because everybody, all the Cena haters were like, oh, it's John Cena, it's going to be all John Cena. John went in, but half the movie. Well, the good thing about it was, you know, it wasn't the Marine, it wasn't one of his action-packed bullshit, it was like a, you know what, we had Kurt Angle on the show last year, and he called it like a (laughs) a after-school, you know, TV special, and that's kind of what I thought of it. That's that's kind of what it was. Pretty much. The, it was just a good feel-good family movie. No, I mean, you know what? I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, you know, as far as the chaperone, obviously I'll see it. It's kind of weird to see Triple H go back to, you know, being clean-shaven again. Oh, no, I don't like that at all. Yeah, we haven't seen him look like that since, uh, what, since he did Blade no. Trilogy or, or Blade Trinity, excuse me, back in, what, 2004 or five. Yeah, that was just a bit part. Yeah. No, but I like the storyline they're going with on this. It looks like it might be entertaining. For those of you that didn't know, Kurt Angle was not only on the TNA Genesis pay-per-view last night, but he was also on Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Yes. And you have more information on that, so I'll give you the floor. Well, they brought him in as a celebrity because they were doing... um, I didn't catch it all. I just caught a little bit of it. Um, It's on my DVR. I've yet to watch it. But what I did see was... They basically were doing a community project, not only for the family they were there to help, but the community as well. And it's a, a big-time wrestling community and uh, for high school and stuff. So they went ahead and built a state-of-the-art wrestling facility that, that had, like, 
I want to say like 10 different mats. Each mat had its own camera. Each mat had its own flat screen on the wall, so when you're sitting in the crowd, you could watch the, the floor or watch the screen on the on the wall. It was really state-of-the-art, and, and Kirk was really teary-eyed and very thankful that they would do this for the sport of wrestling, pure wrestling, and for the community as well. They brought him in to be kind of like the final say on the project. Sounds pretty cool. I yeah, just... very neat. I, I just found it interesting that, you know, he's going head-to-head with himself. You know, on ABC, he's on Extreme, you know, Home Makeover Edition. And on pay-per-view, he's he's wrestling a match or having a match or I'm MMA gonna bout. The, I'm going to guess the viewers of those shows are, are, are so far apart that it doesn't really matter. Well, yeah, I mean, that's true. That That's a pretty good point, Trey. I may be one of the few and a handful of people that enjoy watching both shows. Well, I haven't seen it. I mean, I'll have to try and catch it on. Uh, I, I didn't. I forgot the DVR last night. But you probably go to abc.com and get, get get all you need off of it. Well, I could probably find it on YouTube. Not a big deal. Oh yeah, for sure. Let's see. Apparently, the WWE has uh, signed extensions, a TV deal in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. The WWE continues to strengthen its overseas footprint with a new three-year deal with Sky Deutschland in Germany. Austria and Switzerland, with the broadcaster starting to air the full-length Raw and all 13 WWE pay-per-views, NXT, Experience, and Afterburn have also been picked up by the digital satellite company, which has over 2.5 million subscribers in the region. All shows will start airing in high def as well, a first for WWE and Sky Deutschland. Pay-per-views will be airing live and in HD on Sky Select. This renewal... Deutschland? Deutschland. Deutschland, no. This renewal will take WWE's relationship with Sky Deutschland to its 13th year and is a testament to the ever-growing popularity of WWE in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. So there you go. Good news for the WWE. Making those deals for programming. WWE is so huge. I mean, they're, they're just so huge. I, I mean, it's the competitive spirit that anybody wants TNA to eventually get there someday, but... It'll never happen. WWE, even if TNA was firing on all cylinders and everything was perfect and we just couldn't get enough TNA, 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 and everything on the Internet was positive, which it'll never be. But if it was, I mean, in a perfect world, TNA will never catch them. I mean, they are just so worldwide and so just they're just huge. Absolutely. I would have to agree. A couple of TNA news items we need to get out of the way. Last night, of course... AJ Styles was scheduled to take on Doug Williams for the uh, TNA World Television Championship. Stipulation, of course, was that if the World Television Championship was not won by AJ Styles, he was going to be out of the group of mortal. Well, apparently AJ Styles was injured, so he was unable to compete in the match last night, which saw Abyss sub for him. AJ was forced... Did he the original? Did he give the, the, the real reason on the show last night? No. Okay. AJ was forced to sit out Genesis last night after he suffered a torn hip flexor and a hip labrum. He was replaced on the show with Abyss and scheduled a match against Doug Williams. Went forward with Abyss winning the TNA Television Championship or the yeah Television Championship. Styles announced the injury on his Twitter, adding he will be out for up to eight weeks, and if it doesn't heal, he will have to undergo surgery. Due to the injury, the former champ will be missing the upcoming UK tour with the company. So that's bad news if you're in the U.K. and you're an A.J. Styles fan, but 
Yeah. Uh, more importantly than that, that's a huge loss for TNA Wrestling right now. Is they're really obviously going to have to do some major rewriting in their booking plans. But AJ out for the next eight weeks. That sucks. Yeah, that does on a personal level. I, I feel bad for the guy. Um, but then again, you know, I look for the silver lining and everything. Um, maybe this gives them a chance to write him out of fortune and take him off TV for a while. This is true. I mean, and who knows what they'll do when he comes back, but, you know. Also, with that said, last night at TNA Genesis, we saw the debut of its all newest cap. member to the roster, the debut, all caps, of Matthew. I look like Tyler Rex Hardy. Sport is that why Tyler Rex was trending on Twitter last night? Yes, people were actually trending about Tyler Rex and Matt Hardy because they have similar hairstyles. The only difference being... Tyler Rex looks a little bit more fierce and doesn't have, you know, red and purple and all that shit in his hair like Matt Hardy does. See, I thought, I thought, you know, the red and the purple and all that shit in his hair, I thought that was kind of cool because, you know, his brother is Jeff who colors his hair. Matt has always been the, the, Matt has always been the plain cookie. Jeff has always been the fucking Oreo cookie. You know, he just, I thought it was, I thought it was okay. I didn't have too much butthurt about it, but goddamn, the internet went crazy. Well, you know, people are going to bitch no matter what you do. I just, I found it interesting. You know, uh, I've been projecting for about a week or two that Matt Hardy was going to be the mystery opponent. I mean, who else could it be? It was around the time Hardy was going to be able to wrestle. Uh, he had recently done an interview, of course, with uh, In Your Head and said that his first match, his first official match, would be against MVP. Uh, on behalf of Northeast Championship Wrestling, which is run by the O'Brien brothers, uh, against Montel Vontavious Porter. I'll so, be right back. That's not. Okay. So he apparently was swerving the rest of the internet. Of course, everybody knows that Matt Hardy was officially released two weeks before it was made official. So this left him open and legally able to compete at TNA last night. He did get the victory over Rob Van Dam in a... I wouldn't say it was a great match, but uh, it had its moments, I guess. So, moving on with the rest of the news. If you didn't know, Mr. Anderson is now the new TNA World Heavyweight Champion in an impromptu match last night. After winning his number one contenders match against Matt Morgan, Eric Bischoff coming out and giving Mr. Anderson his shot and in a surprising upset to a mortal. Ken Anderson, the former Mr. Kennedy in World Wrestling Entertainment, is now your new TNA World Heavyweight Champion. Hardy haters rejoice. I like it. I like it a lot. Hey, I've got. I, I've said last night, I have no problem with Ken Anderson as a champion. I'm all for it. But we'll discuss my thoughts on TNA's Genesis pay-per-view later on in the night. Here's some more TNA news for you that you might find interesting. What? More news? More news. Believe it. I know. Karen Angle will be returning to Impact this week. Yeah, baby. TNA is touting a or touting a family reunion of sorts. Karen nice. Angle, the ex-wife of former TNA World Champion Kurt Angle, and now the current wife of TNA co-founder Jeff Jarrett, will return on Impact this week, making her first TNA appearance since July of 2008. Now... If we're going to do this, let's do it. If we're going to get in here and get dirty, let's get dirty. <laughs> I don't want none of this. 
you know, oh, yep, you got my wife. Oh, yep, I got your wife. Oh, now, if we're going to get into this, let's just let it all hang out. Maybe we'll see that. Maybe we won't. Her return will be in an angle with her husband and, and her ex as Jarrett will announce his retirement from MMA with his wife by his side, taunting Angle at the pay-per-view, saying that finally the three of them are going to celebrate together. Karen left the company to concentrate on her family and was then in the, the center of controversy when an anonymous TNA employee called in the Bubba the Love Sponge radio show and revealed that she was, in fact, sleeping with Jeff Jarrett. The news led to the suspension of Jeff Jarrett and continued the real-life rivalry between the Olympic gold medalist and himself. The two have been married since August of last year, almost two years after getting the divorce from Kurt. She has two children with Kurt Angle, ages eight and four. Now, they were, they were, how long were they split up before Jeff started poking her? Um, I don't know. It looks like they were separated for two years, is what okay. I'm hearing. If that's the case, I don't have any problem with it. Well, but at the if, same, if, if Jeff went to Kurt and said, hey, look, man, I know that not only is this your ex-wife, but because you have kids with this woman, do you have any issues with me dating her and, you know, so forth? That should have been step one. And then when it got time to put the ring on her finger, then you go back to Kurt again as an employee, as a colleague, as a friend, and you say, hey, look, man, I know you gave us permission to, to go out. We've been dating for two years. I know you have kids with this woman, and with me make, with me getting married to her and make your kids a part of my family, do you have any problem with that? And go from there. If Kurt was okay and green-lighted all that, then I have no problem with them doing this. But, by the same token, if none of that went down, and Kurt's just getting his nose rubbed into his ex-wife's business and new life, that's kind of shite. I would agree. But at the same time, around the same time it was it was being told that Karen Angle was, for lack of a better term, sleeping with Jeff Jarrett, Kurt Angle was also involved in a relationship with former TNA knockout Raka Khan. So yeah, we, all, we all know where that led. Yeah, exactly. But I don't understand how one is okay and one is not. I mean, Jeff Jarrett got suspended from the company, was in hot water because of the thing, but yet it was okay for Kurt to stick his wick in Raka Khan. Explain that Rock one to me. Raka Khan was not, was not in, in, in now, now, here's the, here's the situation. Had Raka Khan been fucking Jeff Jarrett, and it was public that Raka Khan was fucking Jeff Jarrett, and then all of a sudden Kurt Angle come in and started putting his dick in her, then yeah, it'd be a problem. But Jeff Jarrett was fucking the mother of his children. Jeff Jarrett was fucking his ex-wife. There's a big difference. There is. There is. I see what you're saying, but at the same time... Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. If you came in to my wrestling company and started fucking somebody that I had slept with three years ago, it'd be different than me sleeping with your wife. You see what I'm saying? No, I do. I see what you're saying. It's a big deal. It doesn't sound like it, but it really is a big difference. Because you have kids with this woman. And they're always going to be a part of your life. God, God willing. You know. That and now you've got another man in their life. You need to approve that man that's in their life. If it's going to happen. You know what I mean? No, you're right about that. 
I wouldn't let some yokel dokel come in and fucking try to be the daddy to my kids. That would never happen. Well, especially if he was somebody that you worked with on a daily basis. No, no shit. You know. Well, I do have some uh, some bad news to break, and, and I hate to do this, but one of my all time favorite wrestlers, uh, Mister Wonderful Paul Orndorff, uh, yeah, revealed yeah. this past week on the Busted Open show on Sirius that he in fact has cancer. Now, most of you will remember Mister Wonderful Paul Orndorff for his storied career in uh, the World Wrestling Federation as the nemesis of Hulk Hogan. He was involved, of course, with. Um, Randy Randy Orton's father, Bob Senior, or excuse me, Bob Junior, and of course Roddy Piper. But you know he had one of the greatest physiques in the history of professional wrestling. That guy was built like a hoss. I remember I used to have the thumb wrestler, Mister Paul Orndorff. Yeah, him and Hulk Hogan came in the first set that I bought. Yeah, Orndorff was was a stud. Listeners are what thumb wrestlers. What the fuck is that? Yeah, you're really showing your age there, Trey. I know. But uh, Mr. Wonderful basically even mentioned it on his Twitter feed, the 61-year-old former WCW television and tag team title holder was inducted into WWE's Hall of Fame back in 2005. Orndorff wrestled for both the WWE and WCW between 1983 and 1995 with a string of injuries forced him to retire from the business. Most of you will remember that he had an atrophied arm because of steroid use. Yeah. So, sucks to hear that uh, that Paul Orndorff has cancer. I wish him a speedy recovery. And uh, let's hope that we don't lose Paul Orndorff anytime soon. Pray for him. Keep him in your prayers. Apparently, Lesnar has announced his biography book. He uploaded a video on his YouTube account. I was afraid you were going to say he was going to announce he had an atrophied penis. <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't put that out there if he did. That's not exactly something you want to brag about, Trey. Uh, he uploaded a video on his YouTube account announcing his book, which will be titled Death Clutch, My Story of Determination, Domination, and Survival. Lesnar said that this will be his life story, and it will chronicle his fight to the top in both World Wrestling Entertainment and the Ultimate Fighting Championship, where he was the heavyweight champion for both promotions, the book is co-written by his close friend and collaborator, Paul Heyman. So there I was in WCW, no wait, WWE, and I got to the top and I quit. And then I went to the USC and I got to the top and I got my ass whipped, so I quit. I tried out for football, I didn't make it, so I quit. What else? Is that pretty much the book? Pretty much, pretty much. You know, Brock, as much as I respect Brock Lesnar, he does have a problem with you know, once things don't go his way, he left. I mean, he signed a, a multi-year contract with World Wrestling Entertainment back in 2004. He lost his WWE Championship to Eddie Guerrero at the No Way Out pay-per-view in February. And then shortly thereafter announced that he was going to go pursue his dreams in the NFL and got out of his contract. Hmm. Then he loses the UFC Championship. So I haven't quit. And he hasn't trained today for any fights. And it's being rumored that he wants out of UFC now. So it's like, damn, dude, find something you want to do and stick with it. Unbelievable. You know, man up. But that is it for the news, other than the fact that tonight on Raw, and I know we should cover this in the recap, but it's breaking news. Good, good, good. 
the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, is the first inductee to the yeah, 2011 good. WWE Hall of Fame. As much as I'm happy to make that announcement, I'm surprised and a little bewildered. He is deserving of that honor, but considering that they really wanted to put the focus on WCW since this is in Atlanta, Georgia, and he never worked for that company, and he's obviously going to be the main attraction for the Hall of Fame, it just kind of strikes a, a weird note. I, I think it's too soon. Maybe, maybe they have tried to make this a WCW event and have been you know, getting doors shut in their face. They decided to say, fuck it, go their own way. Well, maybe that tells you everything that you need to know. Maybe they couldn't get Sting, and that's why they're going to go ahead with HBK instead of Sting. That, that, that might be it. So, But as I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's the news, and it's sponsored, of course, by www.wrestling-online.com. If you haven't been to the site, go check it out. Sign up for the newsletter. Join over 26,000 subscribers. And it has over 3,000 issues to its credit. So, And the best thing about it is just like Wrestling News Live, it's free. I want to thank Colin in the newsletter because I'm signed up. I'm a member. And uh, I was bored to tears at work the other night, and I opened up the newsletter when it came in. And I watched the first ever edition of the X-Pac show. How was that? Unique. Um... They don't hold anything back. Um, if you're a member of the newsletter, you know the website. It's Cowhead something. Cowhead TV. So I don't remember now. But, uh, they are, they, they've got a great setup. They got X-Pac right there on camera with a DX backdrop. He's in his leather jacket. Looks like he just got ready to go cut a promo in the ring. Hair all up, bandana, everything looks just like X-Pac. And he sits there and takes phone calls and talks shit and tells stories about the business. And for an hour, it was pretty entertaining. I won't lie to you. There was some interesting shit that was said on that show. Now, it's for adults only. Imagine that. But uh, it was in the newsletter, so that's how I found out about it. And I went and checked it out. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I can't see letting my kids listen to X-Pac on, on no. Just, yeah, not for your children. Yeah, not not going to happen. It was funny, one guy called in and goes, Hey man, it's so-and-so from so-and-so. And he goes, I was with you last week. And X-Pac goes, Oh yeah? Did we get high? And he goes, Yeah, you and me and Matt Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, No, 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 we didn't get high with Matt Hardy. I can't say that about Matt. Matt wasn't getting high. Uh, maybe it was Jeff. He got his Hardys mixed up, you know? Yeah. Maybe it was Jeff Hardy, who apparently, and I, I did forget to bring this up, but I think I covered it last night, he may not be facing jail time. They may be dropping the drug trafficking charge because of the guilty plea. Right, and that's why TNA took the belt off of him. Originally, they weren't gonna, he wasn't going to be uh, turning to play it guilty. Well, and, and I think it was a smart decision to take the belt off of him. They should have never put it on him to begin right. with. Right, oh, I agree with you. We've been down that road a million times. We don't got to go down that again, but... Knowing what we know now and knowing what his plea will be, it was the right move. I agree. I agree, but I think uh, since that's the news, let's go ahead and end this first segment. We'll go ahead and go to a commercial break, come back, recap some Monday Night Raw, and then we'll kind of get down and dirty with our TNA Genesis 
fallout from last night. The idea that I have for TNA programming will do one of two things. It will make me the smartest man in the wrestling world today, or it will make me the biggest idiot in the wrestling world today. And it could be either one. It's up to you. We'll figure it out when we come back. All right, guys. Stay tuned to more Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, this is Santo Loco, and you are listening to Wrestling News Live. <laughs> we keep it hardcore, like a 187. Keep it hardcore, LAX is blessing. Keep it hardcore, so count your blessings. 51, 58, nothing to mess with. WrestlingOnline.com, the official news source of Wrestling News Live. If you're looking for the latest news in the world of MMA and professional wrestling, log on to www.wrestling-online.com and sign up for the largest and longest-running newsletter on the Internet today with over 26,000 subscribers and over 3,000 issues. And the best part, just like WNL, it's free! Once again, that's www.wrestlingonline.com. I will main event WrestleMania. I will main event WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Because I will win the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble. I will win the Royal Rumble. 30 superstars. One winner. One opportunity. Championship match at WrestleMania. The Royal Rumble. 29 are going over. 29 are going over. I. I. And going on. WWE Royal Rumble. Live Sunday, January 30th, only on pay-per-view. Stand there and shut up. Because I've got a lot to say. I am Bobby the Brain Heenan. Get it straight. We're here making television history right now. Now, for the first time ever released on DVD, the unprecedented collection of one of the greatest managers of all time in Bobby the Brain Heenan. You know, I'm the kind of a man that doesn't like to be made a fool of. You listen to me, you go to the top. From his dynamic relationship with Gorilla Monsoon. Will you stop? Just wait a minute. We're on the air here. What was this, a joke? Yes, I know exactly what's going on here. I had my dinner. Why don't you be serious? To Bobby's controversial time with WCW. Someone please tell us what is going on, please. Relive the most outlandish. I'm on the television. Try to catch me. I'm not much. Witty. Well, Beverly Hills, I happen to know that my mailman right there is hunchback. I'm just carrying my mail. And unforgettable moments that has shaped the brain's illustrious career. Bobby the Brain Heenan, available now. You want to talk? Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA, and you're listening to Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. It's time. It's time to stop the name calling, the hurt, the bullying. Because of race, creed, color, sexual orientation, it's time to treat everyone like you want to be treated. It's time. It's time. It's time to eliminate. Eliminate. Eliminate the hate. 
Eliminate the hate. Eliminate the hate. Not getting enough TNA wrestling? It's time to join TNAondemand.com. The place to access over 300 hours of classic TNA programming. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. TNAondemand.com is the ultimate resource for pay-per-views and exclusive TNA programming. Log on to gain instant access to every TNA DVD ever released. Go to TNAondemand.com to get started right now. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to show you how being a Wrestling News Live family member and diehard listener can change your everyday look on life. Example, here's the brand new commercial from Subway. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Todd. Do you want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> sure. Great. Give me your melt. My melt? Yeah. I'm your girlfriend now. Uh, I don't think this is working out. Now let's replay that commercial and show you what Todd would have said to her had he been a member of the Wrestling News Live family. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Todd. Do you want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> sure. Great. Give me your melt. My melt? Yeah. I'm your girlfriend now. Shit, bitch. Who the hell you think you are? Give me my sandwich back. Bitch, please. Better be willing to give me some of that pussy before you get some of my sandwich. Shit. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just another example of how becoming a member of the Wrestling News Live family helps you live a better life. What's up, it's the LDB 130 Fish, and you're listening to Wrestling News Live on the SNS Network. Is this on? <laughs> Yo, Jimmy, hit me with that Triple H. This is Flair 16 Tom. Welcome back to Wrestling News Live with your host, JJ Sexy and the Trade Dog. Alright guys, we're back right here, Wrestling News Live, the SNS Radio Network. Of course, streaming live, loud and proud, audiowrestling.com, wrestlingnewslive.tk, sundaynightshowdown.com, and www.wrestling-online.com. There's multiple places that you can catch this show. Of course, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexy. And I'm joined by my broadcast colleague, the founder and originator of Wrestling News Live, the Trey Dog. They're asking me in the chat room, now that my Chiefs have been eliminated, who am I pulling for in the playoffs? Um, I don't want New England to win. I don't want, let's see, who's left? I don't want... I shouldn't say that. 
I know I don't want New England to win. I'm not real big on Pittsburgh, although they're pretty blue collar. They just get it done. Um, man, I really don't know. I'd have to go with the Falcons because I got my boy Tony Gonzalez and I'd like to see him win one, so I'm gonna go with the Falcons. To answer that question for you. There you have it, the Falcons. Everybody was like, oh, Trey's gonna be so butthurt because his, his team lost. Y'all don't realize my team wasn't supposed to be in it. My team was a four win team last year. Four. Four, count them, four wins. And we went from being a four win team to a ten win team that lost two games on the final play of the game. Could have been a twelve win team, are you kidding me? So yeah, I'm happy with where we ended up. We're young. We're the third youngest team in the NFL. And to get to that point, I'll take it. So, yeah, I'm not hurt at all. It's not like baseball season for 162 games where I watch every game of my Cardinals play and then they get the last two weeks and shit their pants. <laughs> get me started on that. Yeah, no shit. We'll be here all night. Yeah. Where are we going to go now, Loss? It's time to talk a little bit of Monday Night Raw, so let's go ahead and hit the sounder and discuss the recap of what happened tonight on the historic edition of Monday Night Raw. Almost like Tony Schiavone. It was the greatest night in the history of Monday Night Raw. I give Raw a letter grade. Uh, oh, wait. No, that's too early. All right, go ahead. Too early, Trey Dog. Too early. So we start the action off with the familiar theme music of Santino and Kozlov coming down to the ring, of course, with their charge to Mina for a tag team championship match. But even before their opponents come out, the Nexus hits the ring, beats the crap out of them all. CM Punk comes out and watches his boys lay a beating on uh, the tag team champions and decides to cut a promo and says, you know what, your championship match has been rescheduled. He talks about how he outed Wade Barrett. He's no longer a member of the Nexus. He talks about how he took Cena out and says that tonight is just the beginning for his new Nexus because they're all going to be initiated into the Nexus. So this leaves us with, first out of the gate, Michael McGillicuddy being sacrificed by the rest of Nexus as they beat the crap out of Michael McGillicuddy. That's the stipulation. For McGillicuddy to stay in the Nexus, he has to take a beating from everybody. So everybody hits their finisher on Michael McGillicuddy, and Punk hits the exclamation point with the go to sleep. And they, of course, carry Michael McGillicuddy up the ramp, into the back. So Michael McGillicuddy, officially, new member of the new Nexus. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> if I'm a, if I'm in the Nexus, I'm thinking to myself, okay, why did Husky Harris get out so easy? I mean, considering what everybody else did, now the question that I will be is, are Slater and Gabriel out? 
Yes. It would appear that Slater and Gabriel are out. Okay. Of course, next up, we have our first match of the night. R-Truth coming out asking what's up, which was a good question to ask. Because I want to know what's up. He's got a point here. Why is Alberto Del Rio once again on Monday Night Raw? <laughs> I mean, you think you think Truth is coming out just rapping what's up? He has a question. He wants oh. to know. Why is Alberto Del Rio on his show yet again? And why do we have a brand split? What's up, WWE? I got to tell you. <laughs> I was in my kitchen. And I had the volume up. I had the surround sound on. I had the HD channel on. On my big screen, the dogs are on. And I'm in the kitchen cooking some hamburger helper for dinner. And I was dancing to what's up while I was cooking. But I was doing it. I was I wasn't doing it because I thought, oh, this is great music, and I want to dance. I was doing it, making fun of the music. And I didn't know that my neighbor had come over and walked in and was staring at me, going, "What in the hell are you doing?" Thought I had a camera. He's about America's funniest home videos. I was getting my groove on. I bet you were. A lasagna. Hamburger Helper. That's what I was thinking. Uh-huh. And it was good, too. So, of course, this match starts up. It's a pretty quick match. Um, Alberto Del Rio, at one point, they're brawling to the outside. And uh, R-Truth not paying attention to the count because uh, the official ring announcer for Alberto Del Rio. I was waiting for you to, to back my play there. Del Rio. I was taking a drink. There you go. Alberto Del Rio. Uh, Del Rio. Rodriguez starts getting in the face of our truth saying, Hey, what's up? So truth, of course, turns around, decks him and then gets the, uh, the count out loss. Alberto Del Rio picks up the victory via count out. Uh, the plot thickens as Alberto Del Rio decides to cut a promo and talks about how Americans have no culture, no class. Their taste in music is horrible, especially country music. So he tells, Rodriguez to hit the mariachi music and tells him to sing. So <laughs> Rodriguez starts singing La Cucaracha, La Cucaracha. <laughs> I started dying. I thought, man, where is the freaking sombrero they can dance around in the ring? All the Mexican stereotypes just came out. I was waiting for Mexicans to come down on their lawnmowers. It was, it was, yeah, if we get racial for a moment. It's like me racial for a moment. Yeah, it was uh, it was a, a very racist Mexican moment there on Raw tonight. He was like, Randy Hauser's at ringside. He's a country artist. He'll get up whoop that ass. I was surprised he didn't get up whoop that ass. He's yeah. a big old boy. They probably wouldn't pay him enough. Probably not. I was waiting for Toby Keith to come down. Um, of course, next up, we have what I believe is Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler Basically, now, before, talk- you, before you move on, I want to say this. You know, they got these stupid fucking uh, commercials out for this uh, razor, whatever Cena's promoting, this Mach 3 razor or whatever he's promoting. Right. Don't you think they should have 
Alberto Del Rio doing a commercial like that about a razor. He's so perfect. He's got the clean-shaven face, and he can do it in Spanish. And then in a little box down at the bottom of the screen, they could have his little announcer repeating it back in, in English. Now, he could either do that or he could do like they did back in the um, late 80s, early 90s with Hogan when he was doing the, uh, what was it, Old Spice commercials. Yeah. You know, anything else is not civilized. You could you could absolutely do that with, uh, with Alberto Del Rio. You do that. But you already knew that. Because I'm Alberto Del Rio and people like to say salsa. Yeah, it could get interesting. I just say salsa. So next up on the show, we have uh, Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler, kind of bantering back and forth, talking about when The Miz attacked Lawler a few weeks ago. Uh, of course, the general manager chimes in. Michael Cole gets an email and starts talking a bunch of shit about Michael Cole and then starts putting himself over, leaving a lot of people in our chat room tonight thinking that Michael Cole is, in fact, the Raw GM. You know what? It's too obvious, though. That That's my I, whole I, deal. It, it's It's... Completely obvious that it would be him, so you really can't use him for that role. I mean, maybe when they decide to reveal the GM, he might be in the running, but it's just—I don't know—it's too obvious, so you can't go that route. But we're not booking the show, so we'll see what happens. Uh, of course, Lawler decides to get up and says that he just got a message from the entire crowd. <laughs> And they think Michael Cole sucks. Yes. So, I thought that was pretty good. Um, of course, this also sets up another message saying that later on in the night, Lawler will be teaming up with Randy Orton to take on The Miz and Alex Riley in tag team action. Uh-oh. I just received an email from the Wrestling News Live General Manager. Uh-oh. And I quote, does anybody else think after listening to the raw anonymous general manager that he's obviously a homo of some kind? Brings up a good point. For what he said about Michael Cole being handsome and sexy and everything else. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the WNL general manager here and say yes. Well, there you go. He must be a homosexual. Or he's the general manager. Either way, well, I thought the king was going to get up and go, let me see that goddamn email. You know what I mean? I bet he rocks out to Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror every morning. What do you bet? I do like, uh, I do like when they open the laptop back up and go, see, it still works. <laughs> that was pretty funny. So our next segment, we go backstage to the Nexus locker room. Punk says McGillicuddy, of course, has passed. He shows courage. Um, good old Husky Harris is up next. His initiation into the group is basically he's going to be strapped three times by each member of the Nexus. So, of course, Punk tells him to take the shirt off and receive his medicine. So Husky stands there, tries to be brave, and he's lashed three times by each individual member of the Nexus. When it gets time to Punk, I mean, obviously Husky's had you know quite a few lashings, and Punk just beats the shit out of him with like eight or nine lashes with this fucking thing. I will take that over what happens to Otunga and what happened to uh, McGillicuddy any day. Getting fucking beat with a fucking strap is no picnic, Trey. No, it's not. I've had it done to me before. And it's not any fun, but I'm telling you. 
So Husky Harris makes the initiation. He is now the second member of the new Nexus. Dun, dun, dun. Next up, we have tag team action. We have chicken, but no rice. Back again. Now it's it's chicken and Daniel Bryan. Chicken and um, chicken and little bell lock. I don't know. Oh wow. I'm I'm lost here. I don't know what to call him. Chicken and nerd, if, if you go by Michael Cole's interpretation of him. Anyway, it's Mark Henry, Daniel Bryan. Of course, Daniel Bryan is accompanied. Chicken Dragon. There you go, Chicken Dragon. Uh, Daniel Bryan, of course, accompanied to the ring by the Bellas, taking oh on uh, the tandem of Ted DiBiase and Tyson Kidd, who did not have Jackson Andrews backing his play, but Maurice was in the corner for Ted DiBiase. Oh, I'm telling you what, those Bella twins, son of a bitch. And is it just me, or did it look like Brian Danielson, or Daniel Bryan, actually was rocking a new haircut? I was too busy watching the Bella twins, to be honest. Well, he he didn't have that messy hair thing that he's had for forever, so I, I don't know if they're trying to... <laughs> Do something with his character now that he's with the Bella Twins, but oh yeah, I could Mr. definitely. Fuck in the chat room says that uh, it's true. Being hit with a strap is painful. He says I've had a strap used on me. No fun. It's a good thing we're not doing a word scramble because if he'd have mistyped that and had I've had a strap on used on me, it'd be a totally different sentence altogether. Oh, that's a whole totally different show right there. I'm telling you, vaginal. No, <laughs> in that case, it might be a little anal. Yeah. That's not cool. Is Brian tapping a Bella? I don't think he's tapping either Bella. That's the sad thing. Well, maybe they're tapping out to him. You never know. Oh, man. But anyway, we get to the match. Uh, pretty good little, quick little match. Ted tags, uh, excuse me, Ted tags in Tyson Kidd. Brian fights out of a headlock, knocks him down. They both exchange tags. Henry rushes Kid in the corner, misses a splash. Kid and Ted hit a double drop kick. Neither one of them knock Henry down. Henry recovers and hits the world's strongest slam on Tyson Kid, who yet again is squashed one more time by Mark Henry for the win. So your winner is just an upgrade to Mark Henry's music tonight. Uh, I didn't actually hear an upgrade to his music. I thought it sounded a little different, like it was a little more upbeat. It's still the somebody going with the ass kick. Oh, somebody going to get the ass whooped. Yeah, but it's different. I think maybe it was just the way. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't hear a difference in it. So next up, we have Big Show, who is making a special appearance on Raw. It's the Big Show. Once again, I ask why, why, why do we still have a brand split when we have the superstars going back and forth on the brands? It makes no fucking sense. It's a big bad show tonight, So basically, Big Show comes out. Big Show comes out to talk to the crowd. The Nexus music plays. The Nexus comes out. Punk looks at Otunga. Everybody looks at Otunga. And Otunga realizes, okay, I gotta go down there and get my ass kicked by the Big Show. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, the whole time he's walking down the ramp, he's thinking to himself, has he seen those new commercials with his wife? 
His wife has a new commercial out where she sings and she's feeling good because she's lost all this weight and looking good. And I'm thinking, yep, he better be thinking about that on his way to the ring. This is why I'm going down there. I'm going to make a living so I can get to go home and, you know, sleep with Jennifer Hudson. Well, it's funny because he gets in the ring. The big show is just about to say something to Punk, who's standing on the stage. And Otunga just slaps the taste out of Big Show's mouth. And then stands there like, oh, God. Oh, God. He stands there with his arms wide open and is like, okay, just beat my ass now. And, of course, Big Show just tears a chunk out of him, beats the fucking shit out of him. Yeah, beats the living shit out of him. Throws him into the ring steps head first. I mean, just beats the ever-loving shit out of poor David Otunga. So, gets the choke slam, you name it, you know. Um, of course, he delivers the knockout punch. And, of course, Punk, Gabriel, and Slater just stand at the top of the ramp and raise their arms. Now, what were they, what were they saluting? The big show? No, they were saluting the fact that Otunga passed the test. He took a beating like a man from the big show. And he's now the third confirmed member of the new Nexus. Yeah. Okay. So, next up. We have a really good match. We do? I would probably say match of the night. Oh, I know what you're talking about, then. We have the, uh, I believe they were calling him the Prince of Parkour, taking on the King of the Ring winner, King Sheamus. King Sheamus. Now, I'll say this, Morrison took a beating in this fucking match. You know what? If I hear one motherfucker on wrestling radio say that Morrison no-sells, I will kick their living ass. He, all he did that entire match was sell that his arm was hurt. The entire fucking match, all he did was sell the fact that he had a bad arm. And Sheamus beat the shit out of him. I mean, Robbie just beat the living hell out of him. Of course, the ending came when Morrison hits the Shining Wizard right knee to the face, right in King Sheamus, and gets the one, two, three. So he ended up getting the victory after just getting his ass beat for about 10 minutes straight in this match. So, but it was such a good match that it didn't hurt Sheamus either. I don't think. Well, and that, that's, you know, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you can't sit there and say a guy like Jomo has not been busting his ass to improve. He sold every fucking bump he took in that match. Dude, you, you believed, you believed that he was in pain. Guarantee it. So, there you go. John Morrison gets the victory over King Sheamus and what I think, in my opinion, was match of the night. Oh, yeah. Hands down. So, next up, we have a very interesting situation developing between the Nexus. Uh, Punk is in the locker room with both Heath Slater and Justin Gabriel. He's holding two kendo sticks, tells them not to worry. Because he's not going to beat them up with the kendo sticks. They're going to beat the hell out of each other with the kendo sticks. And they're going to do it until he says they can stop. So they grab the kendo sticks, face off, and are reluctant to start whacking away on each other. Punk says, look, if you're going to be on my team, you're going to swing for the fences and you're going to do this thing. So then they kind of position like they're going to start up again. And then they stop, and they look at Punk and decide maybe they want to hit Punk. So Punk stands there with his arms wide open and goes, oh, you want to hit me? Well, then hit me. Go ahead, hit me. And they throw the kendo sticks down and walk away. 
So this would lead you to believe that Justin Gabriel and Heath Slater are no longer members of the Nexus. And they didn't join the Nexus at the end of the, at the, end of the night either. This is true. So there you go. We have three confirmed members in Otunga, Husky Harris, Michael McGillicuddy, and, of course, the leader, CM Punk. Later that, on. That, that just leads you to believe there's going to be new members joining. Well, there was a news story circulating. They're looking to even bring a female into the Nexus as an enforcer. Oh, really? Yeah. The only person that would fit the bill for me would be, like, Kong. But I don't think she's coming anytime soon. Nobody would work. Probably so. So next up, uh, this was a really big moment. And, you know, I was very happy that this happened. Jerry the King Lawler comes out and says that uh, it's time to announce the first inductee into this year's Hall of Fame ceremony. Uh, they played a video package around Shawn Michaels. And the best part was after the package was over, Shawn Michaels' music hits, and here comes the heartbreak kid, down the ramp, does the entrance, kneels on the stage, the fireworks go off, crowd, the roof on that fucking building went just crazy. Um, Shawn Michaels gets in the ring like he's about to cut a promo, and out comes for the second time tonight, Alberto Del Rio. Alberto Del Rio. Who basically talks about how Shawn Michaels was the showstopper, but not anymore. He's retired. And that he has a destiny to win the Royal Rumble. And that after he wins the Royal Rumble and goes on to WrestleMania and becomes the champion, that he will be Mr. WrestleMania. But you already knew that. And of course, Shawn Michaels delivers a patented sweet chin music. He knocked the fuck out of Del Rio. As Alberto Del Rio gives the wink, doesn't see it coming. And is laid out. So possibly the last time we'll see Shawn Michaels deliver Sweet Chin Music in the WWE. And Alberto Del Rio is down, ladies and gentlemen. Good segment. Yeah, he knocked the fuck out of him. I'm not kidding you. He landed that shit. It's funny, though, because a lot of people in our chat room tonight were talking about, does this set up an Alberto Del Rio feud for WrestleMania with, with Shawn Michaels? Because, you know, a lot of times... When one of these uh, guys is inducted in the Hall of Fame, they have that one last match. Right. But no, you know, he, he had his last match. Yeah, exactly. He had his last match. I, I just, I think it was too soon to bring him out. Don't get me wrong. I'm extremely excited that Michaels is getting inducted in the Hall of Fame. He definitely deserves it. Uh, I'm probably one of his biggest fans. But I just felt the timing for this is a little off. No, I think you felt like I did. Glad. Happy and proud, but at the same time, you also, that, that means that it's definitely over. True. And to accentuate the point even more, after the super kick, <laughs> he stole his scarf. Oh yeah, that was great. <laughs> now if only Truth would steal his car, we'd be in business. There you go. So who knows? So, of course, next up, uh, we have a segment with Alex Riley and, of course, The Miz. And uh, Miz is very perturbed over the fact that he's not getting the credit he deserves. It's all about Randy Orton. And when Randy Orton takes that title at Royal Rumble, because, you know, it's it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to walk out of that match the new champion. 
and nobody shows any respect to what the Miz has accomplished. Even his match last week with John Morrison, no one gives him credit for what he did. Right. Oh, it makes him a good bitchy whiny heel. You got to give him credit on that one. Mm. And he says that he's going to accentuate the point tonight in the ring. Riley even tries to do Miz's catchphrase, and he goes, "No, we'll do that after we're done beating them." Right. So next up, Michael Cole starts talking about what happened to John Cena, and that he will be joined. They will be joining him on the program shortly. CM Punk starts to interrupt Michael Cole, and he is literally standing on top of the Titantron. He says they're done talking about John Cena. He's shown that Harris, McGillicuddy, and Otunga are strong enough to join him, and he is prepared to do the same. It's time for him to make his ultimate sacrifice to prove that he should be with the Nexus, that he is the leader. He asked the crowd, of course, if he should dive off the Titantron. You know what the funny yep. thing is? I was down in my studio watching Monday Night Raw. And my nine-year-old daughter, Sienna, was upstairs in the living room. Oh, do it, do it. She was. She's like, jump off, jump off, die. And I was like, Sienna, seriously. What's up with that? That's not cool. She gets very excited. She hates the Nexus. She she hates... That's not cool. She goes, that's not cool. Yeah, I did. She hates CM Punk. She loves John Cena. But she gets really into it. So, um, of course, Punk tells everybody, if you really thought I was going to jump off, you're all gullible. There's no way I would jump off. But, hey, I'm wearing a harness. Fuck you, Punk. <laughs> I got guys up here that are protecting me. I got a harness on. So, of course, the Nexus comes down. He get he makes his way off the Titantron. Um, and of course, then we're joined by John Cena, who shows up on the Titantron, and says that most of the things that Punk said about him were true. That he's he's pretty vicious. He's pretty ferocious in the ring, and he says next week he's gonna beat Punk's ass in the middle of the ring. Right in the middle of it. So that was a that was a pretty good segment for John Cena. You got to see the intensity in the promo, and you had to hear all the wah 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 wah. You sound like the penguin. What the fuck? <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Wah 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 wah. And so, of course, this leads us to our main event: The Miz and Alex Riley taking on the tandem of Jerry the King Lawler and Randy Orton. Yay! And this was a pretty good match. Uh, you know, everybody pretty much got... What? So it wasn't bad at all, considering who was in it. Well, I don't think any of that four are bad wrestlers. I still think Lawler does a fantastic job. Lawler's amazing. I mean, for his age. Right. I think Miz has improved drastically. Riley's not bad either. No, Riley's, Riley's real good. And, of course, Orton is Orton. You know, I, I'm still not sold... On this persona that he's playing, I, I miss Randy Orton from 2008, 2007. I miss the evil viper that was the champ that was just kicking people's heads off with the punt kick. I just, I, I just, I'm not buying him as, as a, as a face. You know, I, I like Randy Orton and I thought at one point in time he was the best in the business as far as his character was concerned. 
you know, when he was that evil, ruthless heel. Yeah. You know, he really was the best in the business, but now his character is just, I don't know, I, it's hard for me to explain. I just can't get behind him in this, this face role. I'm not a fan of it. Of course, the finish comes with Randy Orton hitting the RKO on Riley. And, of course, Jerry Lawler getting the pin over Alex Riley. And that is how we end Monday Night Raw. So your winners, Jerry the King Lawler and the fan-friendly Viper, Randy Orton. I like how he tagged in Lawler. He just stood there like, come on. I dare you to bring up his pinfall. He did. And the miss said, whack. <laughs> whack. I, you know what? For next week, I think I'm gonna go find me some Bear, Bear, uh, Burgess Meredith Sounders when he's wank. doing the penguin. Wank, 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 wank. And I'll just start playing that when you start talking about the mess. They're gonna make you crap thunder rock. Oh wait, wank. that's that's wrong. Burgess Meredith character. Yeah, that's a different guy. Or different character. You gotta kick his ass, Rock. Shit ice cream and eat thunder. He's the Batman Rock. You'll never beat him, Rock. <laughs> All right, so that was your Monday Night Raw recap. I guess we should probably go into our final commercial break of the evening, come back, and break down TNA Genesis. Oh, yeah, because we got some thoughts on TNA. Because we got some shit to talk about, y'all. Got some shit to drop on some TNA. On top of that, we've got emails and phone calls to be taken. So with that said, we'll be right back right after this with more Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. Hey guys, Maverick here, the official voice of Rival Forge Wrestling. And you're listening to the innovator of wrestling radio that's made for the fans by the fans. Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network, the island of Misfit Radio. WWEshop.com, the home of official WWE merchandise. For a limited time only, WWE Shop has reduced prices on all t-shirts. Pick up your authentic top rope or basic tees while this special offer lasts. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay of Sunday Night Showdown. If you're looking for the latest wrestling news on the World Wide Web, you should check out www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. It's the official news source for Sunday Night Showdown, and you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com.
Stand up, wrestling fans. This is the North Star, the Stampede City Samurai, the Shogun of the Squared Circle, former X Division champion Hotshot Johnny Devine, and you're listening to Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Have you checked out the new Unplugged on Friday night? Well, if you haven't, make sure you check out the new Unplugged Friday nights with JJ Sexay at 10.30 Eastern Standard Time, 8.30 Mountain Standard Time, where JJ covers SmackDown, video games, and whatever the hell else he feels like. See you in chat. Dolls, and they're certainly not teddy bears. TNA Wrestling presents the Deluxe Impact Series 3. Kevin Nash, Jay Lethal, Velvet Sky, Matt Morgan, Shark Boy, and the Icons. Collect them all so you can book your own dream matches. Action figures so detailed, you'll think your favorite TNA superstar is in the room next to you. TNA Wrestling and Jack Pacific present the Deluxe Impact Series 3. Action so close, you can touch it. He has amassed an incredibly large DVD library, and it is said that he never once alphabetized it. If he were to mail a letter without postage, it would still get there. When it is raining, it is because he's thinking about something sad. The pheromones he secretes have been known to affect people miles away in a slight but measurable way. He once punched a magician. That's right, you heard me. His blood smells like cologne. His hands feel like rich brown suede. He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I listen to Wrestling News Live. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty. Voices in my head, they counsel me, they understand, they talk to me. Since 1996, audio wrestling has been getting in the ring as your definitive source for all your wrestling desires. Interviews with some of pro wrestling's biggest stars. Providing you with a wide selection of award-winning wrestling shows from past and present. Such as Ministry of Slam, Monday Night Mayhem, In Your Head, WrestleCast, Sunday Night Showdown, Wrestling News Live, Between the Ropes, RVD Radio, WrestleCast, and Wrestle Talk Radio, and many others. If you can't get enough Mad Mania, climb into the ring with Audio Wrestling, www.audiowrestling.com, and check out all the real voices of wrestling radio. Audio Wrestling, keeping you tuned in since 1996. This is Razor Rick Knight, you're listening to Wrestling News Live on the SNS Network.
All right, guys, we're back right here, Wrestling News Live, the SNS Radio Network. And, of course, you hear the theme music that played last night for TNA Genesis, the pay-per-view that some of us liked, some of us didn't. But with that said, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexy, and I'm joined by the outlaw of the IWC, the Trey Dog. Now, I'm a little under the weather, as I said earlier, so I'm losing my voice. So I'm not going to get all riled up and scream and yell to make my points tonight. However, I do have an idea that I think could change the face of wrestling forever. So... Wait a second. Are you telling me that you have a fantasy book idea? Well, um, uh, uh, yeah. There you go. All right. Here we go. Magic ink pen time. Now, like I said, let me preface by saying this. Some of you are going to like this idea, I think, I hope. Some of you are going to hate this idea. JJ has no idea what I'm getting ready to say, so he, I have no, I, I don't know, as well as I know him, I don't know where he's going to land, which makes this interesting. Um, this hit me this afternoon, and like I said, I have no problem with other radio shows and hosts going, can you believe what that stupid motherfucker said about wrestling, blah, 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 if that's the way it falls and I become the biggest idiot, then the biggest idiot I shall be, but I feel like we're in a time and place, the year 2011, where TNA, no matter what they do, they're going to get shit on. By the same token, I also feel like they do a lot of stupid shit. Case in point, one of your biggest problems in that company is pay-per-view buy rate. Now, you got a guy, love him or hate him, who is one of the most attractive free agents on the market right now, and Matt all caps Hardy, that even the people that hate him tune into his, his MySpace or his, his YouTube page just to tell him how much they hate him. But they still watch his videos. Even though they can't stand the motherfucker. They watch his shit. It's amazing to me. I mean, he comes on there and tells you, you may not like me, but I, you're still watching. And they do. His haters still watch his videos. So, why in the blue hell 
does TNA just not announce that Matt Hardy will make his debut on the pay-per-view? It would have helped buy rates. No way around it. It would have, it would have helped buy rates. Take, take whatever number they end up with for Genesis. Be it good, be it bad. I'm assuming it's going to be bad. But it would have been better, hands down 100%, with the announcement of Matt Hardy because the Matt Hardy followers would have bought knowing he was going to be there. And I'll bet you the Matt Hardy haters would have bought it just like they subscribe to his YouTube videos even though they hate him. If, if I could interrupt you for one second, Trey, I, I see where you're going with the buy rate thing. And you're right. It would have been a smart idea for them to promote the fact that Matt Hardy was going to be debuting. But at the same time, I think they're looking at it with, well, since we didn't promote it and we just promoted a mystery opponent, that that's going to entice people to maybe watch our product because when they're not watching, things happen. And that's I, this. I, I think that's the tool that they're going with. Well, that's a good point. But how many times in the TNA history, nine years, eight years, nine years, how many times in TNA's history have they had a mystery opponent on a pay-per-view? Seems like a few times. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Well, I, I would say quite a few. A few times. Booker T was one of them. And then they totally gave that away before he even stepped on the stage. But, I mean, they, they've gone that route. The route you're saying that they went last night, they've gone that route before, yeah? Oh, yeah, and and not only have they gone that route before, but the same people that are booking this show did the exact same thing in WCW multiple times. Does anybody remember the night that Sid Vicious broke his leg and they had to wait for fucking Animal to come down as the fucking mystery opponent? And Sid's just laying there with a fucking broke-ass leg, waiting for them to kill time, dying in pain so that fucking Animal can walk down to the ring and take his goddamn mask off? These are the same fucking people that booked that shit. Right. I'm just saying, let's get back to where I'm at here. Regroup. One of the bigger problems this company faces is pay-per-view buy rate. JJ says that rather than announce Matt was going to be there, they would have been better off saying mystery opponent to get more people to tune in to see who it was going to be. My rebuttal would be, how many times in teenage history have they announced a mystery opponent? Several. They've never announced Matt Hardy. The announcement of Matt Hardy would have generated more buy rate than mystery opponent. Why? Because the haters and the lovers would have still tuned in to watch Matt Hardy. He is one of the few guys that has that appeal, like The Miz. You hate him so much, you tune in to watch him suck. Let's see, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't think Matt Hardy has the appeal that Matt Hardy thinks that he has. Oh, I'm telling you, he does. Watch his YouTube numbers. If you watch the people that are signing up to become members of his page, and then you scroll down and read comments, these people are taking the time to sign up just to talk shit. And all that does is give him more views, more members. And every time he posts a new video, the same people are showing up to bitch about it. The proof is in the pudding. Go look at his page. I've done it. I've done the research. Okay. Now, with that being said, 
That was just one of the many things that sucked about last night. Number two, whoever is in the production truck should be without a job today. Absolutely. I mean, the cameraman should be looking for a new job today. Because you are zooming in on a wrestler doing something you know is not supposed to be on television. Why put your camera on that? Why not turn away? Why not drop to the mat? Why not get a, a shot of something else quickly? Don't zoom in on it. And don't go to the camera that's zooming in on it. Two people fucked up on that deal, and they both need to be looking for work. I completely agree. It's not... Because, go ahead. No matter how great that was, or how how good of a segment that could have been, that right there killed the entire show and segment. Because at the end of the show, instead of talking about Mr. Anderson, they were talking about the fuck that blade job. Which was pretty bad. I mean, it was pretty blatantly obvious. The referee blatantly gave the razor to Kurt Angle. Tyrant says the camera was there to pick up the blood. Yeah, but if you're there too early and you are watching what we're watching, you see it before we see it. Turn the fucking camera away. No, I agree. You know, especially for a professional wrestling product, it's one thing to see it live. You're not really going to see it. But when you've got cameras right there close up and you're trying to hide the fact that it is, of course, a work, it doesn't help. When you blatantly see the blade job right there, it just it looked horrible. That's it was embarrassing. Thing. It was embarrassing for that company More last people night. People last night were talking about the fucked up blade camera shot than they were about the pay per view and its quality. And on top, and on top of the camera zooming in on Kurt Angle cutting himself, Kurt Angle bladed way too fucking deep. Well, yeah. I mean, he was fucking bleeding like a stuck pig. I don't fault him for that. I'm not going to slap him on the wrist for that. Well, no. I'm just saying it didn't help matters out. Right. So there's two things right there. Um, as far as the pay-per-view itself goes, there were good moments that were bad. I don't have a problem with the way it ended, and I'm not going to go too much into detail. Because I'm losing my voice. But he needs to worry about TNA's internal problems before they start worrying about adding more programming or anything else. I mean, it's like having a car in the driveway with three wheels and you're already making plans to drive it somewhere. No, motherfucker, you ain't until you get that fourth wheel put on. Fix the, fix the car before you worry about where you're going to drive it. Period. Now, here's my idea, and I think this could help in a lot of ways and possibly fix a lot of wrongs within TNA. We're in the year 2011. Reality television has taken over. Just give up and admit it. Tap out. Reality television in every shape, form, and fashion is where it's at. You've already got the USA Network bringing back Tough Enough, which at the birth of Tough Enough, 
the knock on Tough Enough was that it exposed the business. It showed everybody what happens behind the curtain. A lot of wrestlers did not like that. Well, guess what? Several years have passed since the debut of Tough Enough. And we're in a time where, you know, more people know what's going on behind the curtain than they ever have in the history of the sport. With the Internet, with dirt sheets, wrestling radio shows, Internet wrestling community. More people are in the know now than they've ever been before. Period. You can't argue that. That is not arguable. With that being said, one of the first things TNA needs to do is for anybody in a position of power in that company, even the wrestlers, if you're going to have a Twitter account or a Facebook account, use them for more than just fake headlines or promises that don't come through. Actually listen to what the masses are saying. What I mean by that is Dixie Carter can come on there after a pay-per-view and say, what a great show. Congratulations, Ken Anderson. There will be about a thousand fucking comments back to Dixie about how her product sucks and she needs to fix her talent. She needs to fire Russo. All these people that have all the answers are replying to Dixie in a way that has nothing to do with what she said. So it's pointless for to have a fucking Twitter account if you're not using it to listen to your, your, your customers, first and foremost. Secondly, here's the major thing. I would probably piss down my leg if after TNA's two-hour program, they fade to black, they go to commercial. Instead of reaction, which was okay, I liked it. But if you really want to get raw, you really want to get... You really want to get inside the minds of the people. You really want to get a good idea of the company and what's going on. I say do a 30-minute show like, you know, whatchamacallit, reaction, right after TNA. 30 minutes. Now, this is all based on, I'm sorry, this is all based on if TNA would get off their ass and go live. The fact that they're taped kills my idea, but in a way it does, in a way it doesn't. This is assuming they get off their ass and go live, which would be another thing that would help TNA because then people couldn't read the spoilers and not watch the show, which if you think that doesn't happen, you're an idiot. Do a 30-minute reaction, go to commercial, come back, and have Dixie Carter, Vince Russo, Jeff Jarrett, and then three random wrestlers that appeared on the show. Put up a 1-800 phone number 
and let people that stay in the audience ask questions. Let JB and SoCal Val run around with microphones in the crowd and let the people ask, why did you do this? It's already been done. It's not going to change anything. But it makes people accountable and in the public eye responsible for the bullshit they're putting out on television and making us buy. It's already been done. They can't go back and say, oh, shit. I'm sorry you didn't like that. Let's do it this way. But it adds reality television to professional wrestling, and it makes people who should be accountable for their actions accountable. Let people call in. You know, and you're going to have to have a two or three minute delay because people are going to do stupid shit. It's going to happen. Have them call in and say, hey, I was just curious. Um, why did it take so many people from Immortal and Fortune to run in on the main event? Why couldn't we have a clean finish? Well, Joe from Chicago, that's a good question. And answer it. It just brings a little reality television to professional wrestling, something that has not been done before. And then again, it makes people accountable for their actions. And that's basically it. Jake wants, Jake wants to know, how are they making us buy their pay-per-view? Because we have to report on it. We have to be able to tell you what we saw. JJ does an entire show on Sundays called Sunday Night Showdown, redo or, or not recapping, but basically keeping you in the know of what's going on during the pay per view. How could he do that if he didn't buy it? I'm not going to sit there and read the spoilers and tell you what happened on the show, and then make an opinion based on the spoilers that I read, whether it sucked or or whether it was a good pay per view. There are shows that do that. This is not the show that does it. Just watch the stream, he says. That that tells me everything I need to know. Who's to say I didn't watch the stream last night? That tells you everything you need to know. When I say TNA buy rates are down because everybody and their brothers watching streams, that should be. There you go. Well, you make some valid points, Trey. I'm with you on a lot of them. But, you know, going into last night, again, we've addressed a lot of the things that happened. The main event between Anderson and Morgan was not a bad match. You know, Anderson got the win. And then Bischoff comes out and says, hey, I'm giving you a title shot. And I thought, okay, this is cool. I was okay with that. And then we have this impromptu match between Jeff Hardy, who's not even dressed to wrestle. Matt Morgan is still at ringside. And at one point, Anderson goes out after Hardy. And Earl Hebner stops him from leaving. Like, just literally grabs his leg and will not let him out of the ring. And I was like, what in the fuck is he doing? It made no fucking sense from that standpoint. Now, it did allow Matt Morgan to clothesline Hardy on the outside. But there were other ways for that spot to happen. 
I really felt bad for Earl Hebner because I don't think he knew what the fuck was going on. And it's obvious when you watch that. He lost all control and had no idea what his role in that match was supposed to be. None whatsoever. You had everybody and their mother come out and do a run-in. And from a storyline standpoint, it makes sense that Ken Anderson would take the biggest prize in TNA away from Immortal. And again, I'm fine with that. I like the end synopsis there. I like the fact that he is, in fact, the world champion. And I like the way he got screwed over, or he screwed Jeff Hardy over to win the belt. But it was everything that led up to that victory that I thought was horrendous. I just I, I just didn't understand the booking. Again, I give these guys credit. Every person who works for TNA Wrestling, who gets in that ring and takes a bump and does their job, I give them full props. Because you know what? I've taken bumps before. I know what it's like. And I have respect for the boys doing their job. But when it comes down to the scripted finishes of every match that they put on, that's where you have problems. It's time to get maybe a veteran who knows how to wrestle in the booking department or maybe find people that know how to fucking run a wrestling company. Because for everything they do right, they do about five or six things wrong. It's like, I mean, it's like trying to run a wrestling show to spite yourself. You could be doing so much to have a successful product. You could advertise, for starters. You could script things a little bit better. You could have better execution on what you do script. Until these things are fixed, this company is never going to go anywhere. It will literally die a glorified independent. Well, I mean, flip the script for just a second. Just, just what if, what if, you know, we're talking about a product that's not successful. And I, you know, no, I can't I'm not saying that TNA is not successful. They're on TV every week. They're doing something. But they're not endeared and loved by the internet and by the, the, the fan base as they should be. Let's say, let's flip that. And put the same idea in place for WWE Raw. You know, put Vince McMahon and his panel of bookers or writers in the ring and let people ask questions. Now you're talking about a successful show that should be its own show. Now everybody would love to tune in to do that. I think TNA needs to get rid of Russo. The guy's got to be burnt out by now, and it's not a knock on him. But if I set up Burger King all night and flip hamburgers, the last thing I want to do is come home and charcoal. I'm telling you, he's burnt out. There's nothing he can come up with now he hadn't already thought of once before. Let me ask you a question, Trey. And I want, I mean, prove me wrong here. I'll try. Anybody, feel free to prove me wrong. What in the hell in professional wrestling has Vince Russo ever done that made a fucking dime? I'm dying to know. I would love for one angle, one setup, one thing that he has done 
in his tenure in professional wrestling that makes him what he is? Well, I can't think of one successful thing he has done in this business. You can sit there and say, oh, well, he worked for Vince McMahon. Vince had the final say. True. He he was given power in WCW to run that company, and he ran that motherfucker in the ground. And he took everything. What you're saying is, in the grand scheme of things, when Vince Russo was at his utmost best and was booking things like DX and The Undertaker and making Kane and inventing gold dust and all that shit, when he was at his best, at the end of the day, since Vince McMahon had the yes and no, the the end of the day be all, end all, say all, it didn't matter how good Russo was, it was ultimately up to Vince. I'm talking about what he did when he left the WWE, because Vince was the filter. Oh, when he left the WWE, he didn't do shit. That's, that's not even worth talking so, about. So, okay, so if he was this genius in World Wrestling Entertainment for the World Wrestling Federation... Nobody said that either. Then how come when he left, he couldn't have that same success? Because he's already used all of his ideas up. Every storyline that he supposedly came up with in the WWF showed up on WCW television. Booker T became Rock version 2.0. Fucking Brad Armstrong ended up becoming his brother, fucking uh, the road dog. I mean, every fucking gimmick, everything he did, he recycled and brought to WCW... And that company went from being a rival to the WWF to fucking dead within a year and a half. Right. Dead as a doornail, and that's a goddamn fact. So what has he done in TNA that's been successful, too, might I add? Nothing. Okay. TNA was at its best. TNA was at its best when it was a maverick promotion that you bought on weekly pay-per-view. And all Vince Russo was was an on-air character. Because when I was there early on, Russo wasn't booking the show. He wasn't writing the show. He was brought in much later. And from then on, it kind of sucked. But we can spend all day on that. I mean, we, I mean, everybody knows this. This is breaking news. Nobody likes Russo but Russo and his parents. <laughs> I can't even speak for them. I don't know. Oh, there you go. I can't either. I just neither confirm or deny his parents like him. I'm just saying that TNA needs a committee, like they had when they went from Fox Sportsnet to pay per view only, and they made Raven the champion, and Scott Demore and Jeremy Borash, Dutch Mantel, Jeff Jarrett were all a committee for the first time. That was when it was at its best. When they first debuted on Spike, they brought Russo back. You know? I'm just saying they need a committee. And by putting them out there in front of everybody as a committee and giving the fans a chance to say, why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? It holds people accountable. And it might make you think first before doing something stupid and putting it on television that you're going to catch hell for it later on. At the end of the day, these guys close their briefcases and go home, and nobody cares. You know, somebody had mentioned not too long ago, I didn't see the Hogan special that they did, but he's sitting in a, on a TNA creative meeting, and there's like, I don't know, a whole committee there, not yeah. just Vince Russo. Yeah. But my point is, creatively, 
what the fuck has he done that's been successful? Nothing. Okay. Case in point. Why does Vince Russo in 2011 hold a position in professional wrestling as a creative director? And by the same token, why every long in the tooth wrestling, you know, mind that has come through and been in that business and left all look back at TNA with hatred towards Vince Russo? Mick Foley, Jim Cornette. Yep. I mean, you know, just saying. Russo was in TNA before they went to Spike. I know, dumbass. I already said that once. He took time off and left and came back. Yes, I know this. I mean, being best friends with Jeff Jarrett obviously has its perks. I mean, let's not forget Jeff Jarrett and Vince Russo were very good friends in the, in the WWF. Right. They both left in 1999. Right. Russo first, and then because Jarrett wasn't getting a push... And he was told he wasn't going to be put in a program with Austin, and Austin wasn't going to put him over. He decided not to renew a contract, and he jumped his ass over to WCW. And the first thing Vince Russo did was, I'm going to put the belt on you, Jeff. And that's what he did. Mm-hmm. And if you want to chalk up Vince Super. Russo's career, it's because Jeff Jarrett likes the guy. It's because Jeff Jarrett was given the rub by Vince Russo. But again... I would just like to know one successful thing he's done in professional wrestling that makes him noteworthy as a fucking booker or a member of creative. Because, you know, in any other profession, if you don't deliver, especially like in advertising, if you can't fucking make the revenue and you can't make people interested in your product, your ass gets fired. And they find someone who can. So maybe Dixie Carter... And whoever else is running that company needs to take that to heart. If you got somebody that can't deliver on what they promise they can do, fire their ass and find someone who can. Goddamn, JJ, eat a Snickers. It's called good fucking business. I'll tell you what they also need to do. On my notes here. Do this and be done with it. Cut back to six pay-per-views a year. Get used to building longer storylines. Benefit from being the first company in this era to give away pay-per-view quality TV the other six months when you don't charge. Build it up. Make Spike TV, you know, be can't miss. Do six pay-per-views. If you're losing money on your pay-per-views, it only makes sense to quit doing so many. It's like if JJ's going to punch me in the dick every time I tie my shoes, I'm either going to Velcro or I'm going to quit tying my shoes. I don't like being punched in the dick. It hurts. Well, fuck, I would hope you'd fucking kick my ass for doing it. But if you're just going to sit there and take it. Losing pay-per-view money every month hurts. So quit doing them every month. Well, they got to wait till that contract's written out. Once that's done, maybe that's what they'll do. God, I hope so. They need to do something. Major restructuring in this company if they want to survive. But the time to plan all this shit is now, not then. I completely agree. But that's that's pretty much my rant on TNA. I wasn't a big fan of the pay-per-view. I wasn't... The pay-per-view itself didn't bother me. It was just a few little things that should have been done differently. I just thought everything was over-cliched. 
You know, I mean, I thought the best match of the night was the guns and beer money. But even that was just too damn spotty for me. How come nobody jumps on Terry Taylor? Because he's part of the, he's just an agent. That's like saying, why does anybody jump on Dean Malenko when they're pissed off at the WWE? He's a road agent. I hear you. Now, I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's all Vince Russo. It can't be. Because I have seen on television New York franchise. He brings in the talent. It's not the talent's fault. Have you heard one person here tonight say anything about their talent? It's not their talent. Talent's not the issue. They've got good talent. They've got the right talent. It'd be like putting Derek Jeter in center field or behind home plate when he's been a fucking MVP shortstop all his life. But because now you own him, you want to make people think you're thinking outside the box and you're edgy and you're cool and you're different, so you turn him into a fucking right fielder. Why? Well, your normal shortstop that replaced him was a perfectly good right fielder, and now he's making all kinds of errors at shortstop because you're too proud to put Derek Jeter back where he belongs. They've got the right talent. They just don't have them in the right places. Baby faces are heels that should be baby faces. And again, I can't put it all on, on Russo. I have seen television footage of a committee of people going over storylines. So, if that's the case, then it all goes back to one person. And I'll leave it with this. And if you can't wrap your head around this, then you're dumber in a box of shit. When Vince Russo was at his best and coming up with storylines and DX and Undertaker and Kane and Goldust, working with Austin 316, The Rock, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, when he was at his best, I alluded to this earlier, no matter how good an idea he had or how bad of an idea he had, at the end of the day, before it went in front of the camera, it had to be signed off on by one person, Vince McMahon. Vince had the green light or red light, everything that came out of his brain, Russo's brain, through his ink pen and onto his paper, Vince had to sign off on it. Dixie is supposed to be that person that he has doing all that now. She doesn't know the business. So now they've got Bischoff and Hogan there who claim to be on-air talent only. Well, if that's the case, then Dixie needs to find somebody to be the filter for, for Russo now. That's an equivalent to Vince McMahon. Until that happens, and he can put whatever he wants on TV... Why would he worry about a job? If they don't care if it's good or bad before they put it in front of the camera, then nobody's going to fire him. You understand what I'm saying? I do. I do understand what you're saying. 
but what I'm saying is I can't understand why the guy that took a title like the WCW World Heavyweight Championship and put it on a fucking ignorant little bastard named David Arquette and made him the champion to promote now, he, a goddamn he, he, he movie. Reason for that, that was as much Bischoff as it was him. Actually, no, that was a Russo thing. Bischoff was not involved in that at all. Now, on the Russo shoot video that I've got in my DVR that I watch, he says, Bischoff made the comment, wouldn't it be funny if we put the title on Arquette? Well, if he did it, it was as a part of a sabotage thing for Russo. Let's not Bischoff, forget. Bischoff, Bischoff, Bischoff said, now, this is according to Russo. Well, okay, there you go. said in this shoot video, Bischoff said, wouldn't it be funny if we put the belt on Arquette? And I'll guarantee you, every major television station, newspaper, USA Today, Entertainment Tonight, will all be talking about WCW wrestling. And that's why they did it. And I bet you 50 bucks that if we were to bring Eric Bischoff on this program and ask him if he said that to Vince Russo, the first thing he's going to tell you is, no, I never said that. Oh, I don't know. Who do you trust? I mean, I don't trust Vince Russo as far as I can throw the motherfucker. Not that I would trust Bischoff that much either. But to hear Bischoff say, I am nothing but an on-air talent, man, I kind of have a hard time believing that. Well, for whatever reasons it is, like I said, if a salesman doesn't deliver, his ass gets canned. Now, Troy Smith was asking, who would we uh, replace Vince Russo with? I don't know. I'll be real honest with you, but I'm sure there's uh, a dozen wrestlers out there who made names for themselves in the past, guys like Bobby Eaton, who might have a decent mind for the business. I'd go make an offer to Michael Hayes. I would make an offer to Michael Hayes, too. Hey, here's an empty check filled out. I mean, forget about Heyman. You know, everybody keeps throwing up Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman. Fuck Paul Heyman. I don't care about Paul Heyman. What's Paul Heyman done but run his company to the ground? I mean, Paul Heyman ran his company to the ground and then got help from Vince McMahon financially and still ran it in the ground. Sean, I was using Eaton as an example. I don't care who you fucking get, but I guarantee you whoever it is, chances are they're probably going to be a better booker and a better creative writer than Vince fucking Russo. I'm telling you right now, Paul Heyman made all those ridiculous, you know, demands because he knew they'd never go through with it. He wouldn't end up looking like an idiot. Franchise 718 says, how about Ricky Morton? How about someone who actually pays their child support? (laughs) How about someone who's not a fucking scumbag? To this day... I am still proud of myself that I was offered a gig back in 2005. They were doing a Ricky Morton uh, get-out-of-jail promotion kind of thing where they are trying to raise money to get Ricky Morton out of jail for not paying child support for his kids. They came to me and asked me to ring announce the event. I said, fuck you and the horse you rode in on. I ain't helping that piece of shit. Why would I help somebody that fucking spent millions of fucking dollars on fucking cocaine for their nose and fucking didn't raise their goddamn kids? Cocaine's Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Ricky Morton's a piece of shit. Yeah, but I'm done with the rants. Let's go ahead and open the phone lines up. You guys want to call in? We're going to wrap things up, take some phone calls, got some emails to read. Of course, we do have a 1-800 number. Trey, why don't you pimp that out? One eight hundred number new to Wrestling News Live is one eight hundred six zero five four zero two eight. 
605-4028. I'm taking some more hydrocodone. See, I'm starting to get the cold that you got. I think you're giving me a virus over the fucking internet, man. What the fuck? That's not cool, dude. It's not cool that's at not all. Cool. You don't have to be Carlito to know that's not cool. Or the penguin. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> all right, we do have a caller on the line. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? When did you guys hire Burgess Meredith to be on the show? Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> What's up, guys? Not much. What's on your mind, Sean? You gotta crap ice cream and lick thunder. You gotta beat the Batman. You gotta beat him, Rock. Oh my! Every time I've heard the the went went went, I just laugh so hard. I mean, it's been a long time since I've been able to hear <laughs> WNL live. Um, so it's definitely a good thing to be online tonight. Um, you never know what stupid shit's gonna come out of my mouth <laughs> or mine. Eh. Yeah, JJ's always got something on the mind. Well, but, um, I. I knew going into tonight's show, I knew where J.J. was on the pay-per-view. And maybe he's right. Maybe, you know, I mean, maybe J.J. needs to step away from Sunday Night Showdown on TNA pay-per-view night to get somebody else to, to, to maybe step in. I don't know. Because I would rather keep a positive, and I'm sure he would too, keep a positive tone to wrestling so that we don't become the haterade channel like everybody else. I'm, I, I know I'm not able to do it, but I'd love to do it. I mean, I really don't have much to say bad about TNA anymore because I've really not caught up to them to the point where I want to. But I did enjoy the pay per view somewhat last night because of the yeah, fact I, that I enjoyed it a little bit too. But I mean, I knew where JJ was going to be tonight, and and I, I know he expected me to be. Oh, it was the best thing since pussy. But now I'm I'm starting to get to where I see a lot of his points as well. But I mean, I'm also trying to be a realist at the same time. Yeah. So it's just one of those things that it's TNA, and that's really the only thing you can say anymore. It was a TNA pay per view. Okay, that sums it up for me. Because back in the day, which was Wednesday, by the way, TNA was always better at pay per view than they were on their television product. JJ, you remember what I'm talking about? Some of the $10 pay-per-views? No, back when TNA first started doing monthly pay-per-view, they gave you your fucking money's worth every month. And then all of a sudden, they went to shit. Yeah. Back in the asylum. Yeah, you got a point there. I mean, TNA for a long time was known more for its pay-per-view than it was for its televised product. Yeah. You know, I mean, the pay-per-view, uh, the, the DVD that came out... Um, I forgot what, forgot the title of it, but it's where they they talk about most of their shows from the asylum. I mean, if you watch that DVD, it's a really good DVD. They show off a lot of their really amazing matches, and I just kind of wish they would go back to that because I mean, they showed off the uh, the first X Division title match, which was a ladder match between Loki, AJ Styles, and there's a third person I can't remember off the top of my head, but I mean that match alone was. Probably one of my new favorite ladder matches due to the fact that those those guys left it in the ring and they showed off everything that TNA was about back in the day. Well, yeah, there's a lot of stuff back from there, like D'Lo Brown takes on AJ Styles, and I believe it's a, a a cage match, and there's a table set up outside the ring, 
and AJ is laying on the table, and D'Lo jumps off the cage and goes through it. And AJ is literally knocked out cold, you know, like Kurt Angle was when he was all concussed. But AJ was completely knocked the fuck out and couldn't finish the match. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of good memories from those days. Yeah, so it's just one of those things that kind of, I mean, your idea of having that after the after show where people would ask questions, I mean, yeah, that's a really good idea because a lot of people are into, as you said, the reality shows. I mean, you can't turn the TV and not see a reality show. Why I mean, can't wrestling evolve? Why can't wrestling evolve? Yeah, we know we know it's fake. We all know it's scripted. Why not have a way of talking to the people that make the things happen and get answers straight from the horse's mouth? Listen, uh, I'm looking in the chat room and I just I want to say something. Franchise is asking. Uh, it's not like bookers are grown on trees. Well, okay, you're right. They're not. So why is leaving someone who fails at booking in that particular department of your company a good idea? Do you think that over time he's just going to get better? <laughs> I don't understand that philosophy. You're right. Bookers don't grow on trees. And there's probably a lot of people out there that say, fuck that. He didn't I, I don't, I don't want that, uh, smart ass. I, I don't want that job because of all the criticism it gets. You're right. I'd take it to heartbeat. So would I. I mean, that's you, something. You say I'd that now, do. guys. You say that now. No, no, I got thick enough skin that if I fuck up, I'm the first one to admit it. But I've also got thick enough skin that if you don't like something I'm doing, I'll, that's your opinion. I would do exactly what Vince Russo did. I'd be standing there at the end of the uh, of the stadium area and be standing there watching what I put on and be like, okay, what'd you think of that? It wasn't good? Okay. Well, what would you do? You would do that. Okay. We'll, we'll see how like, that works. It's just like running Wrestling News Live, JJ. I mean, granted, we we are a little different than a lot of wrestling radio shows out there, and I pride the fact that we're different on it. We listen to our listeners. You know, we're accessible. Interactive. Interactive. If somebody emails me or comes on my Facebook page or tweets me, Twat me, whatever. Twit, you twat. I'd rather put a tweet and say other twat, but that's another thing. If they say, you know, you guys had a great show go up, and all I heard was wank, and it was annoying, then I won't do wank next week. You know? If they come on, they say, you know, you guys talked about TNA way too long. Okay. Maybe we cut down on TNA and give them a little more WWE next week. You gotta be able to listen to your fan base, man. You just got to. You know, it's not like they're not being told what people think. I, I've said this, I don't know how many times, and I'm sticking to my guns on it. If it were me, and I was put in a position where I had to run a wrestling company, and I see this working for any independent you know, I've worked for Stampede Wrestling. I've worked for NWA Universal out of Oklahoma. I've worked for different promotions. And I see the way things are run. And when I look at a, a promotion like WCW, back before it folded, and when I look at a promotion like TNA Wrestling, the biggest problem that I see with that company is that, and we've covered this many times before, Trey, too many Chiefs, not enough Indians. 
Everybody thinks that they're running the show. Everybody's kung fu fighting. Everybody's got a fucking contract that gives them creative control over I their don't character. I drop that guy because my contract says if I don't want to go down, I don't have to. And that's the problem right there. If J.J. Sexay was running a promotion in 2012 that had a TV deal, I guarantee you this. Nobody would have creative control but J.J. Sexay. J.J. Sexay or whoever was booking the product would have creative control over every motherfucking character on that show. And I also tell you something else. If you show up late or you fucking miss your flight, you're off the fucking show. If you can't show up and not be fucking, you know, sober, if you show up high, get the fuck out of my locker room. When I like my pretty purple title belt, makes me want to smoke some more pot. Now, see, that's the problem with professional wrestling. It's, you know, it's not what you would consider a nine to five job, okay? You're allowed to show up late sometimes. You're allowed to, uh, you know, show up to work inebriated or high. But if you did that on any regular job, people, you wouldn't have a fucking job. And that's the problem with the wrestling business is that it's run too fucking loosely. The WWE is strict in their policies and they fucking crack down on that shit. That's the problem, Troy. That's the problem right there. He says, I like where you're going, JJ. Of course, you'd have to take a lot of heat in the beginning because you'd have to fire some people. You're right. A lot of motherfuckers would lose their jobs. That's just, that's just, I'm sorry. That's, that's, that's the be all end all. Casualties. Casualties. If, if your anchor is dragging and the only way to get rid of it is to cut, cut it off, you're going to cut that anchor so your ship can sail fine. Right. If you got to fire people to get them out, Dixie Carter doesn't have a bone in her body that would let her fire somebody, and that's that's the problem. It, there's, I mean, I just thinking about it now. I'd love to fire some people in TNA just to see a just to see the ship sail a little bit better. Uh, and you're 100 percent right. There's people that I, I know I'm gonna take heat for this, but there's people from former WCW, but there's also some of their TNA talent who kind of seem like, hey, I don't really care about being here anymore. I'm just here for the paycheck. Well, Send them and, off to ROH or CZW or something. Let them go do that. Keep the guys who want to be there and want to have their want to go out there and treat it like a job. New York City franchise seven one eight in the chat room says, "Oh, you don't have anything for this week? This week I want a release. Tough shit. You got a six month contract left. Finish it. That's right. Six months. I own you. That way, when I don't release you because you want to release, I don't have to worry about twelve other motherfuckers going. Well, Matt Hardy got released." MVP got released when they asked for it. Nope, we don't do that in my company. You work because you signed the motherfucker. Period. I got you for six more months. Shut up. Do what I tell you to do. That's right. You sign a guaranteed contract and you fucking do it. Don't come up to me and say, oh, well, I'm not happy. I want to release. Fuck you. You work your contract out and you'll job every goddamn night from now till your six-month contract is up. That's how business works, people. Yeah, I mean, they're just... WWE, I can see because of the, the fact they've got, they're trying to cut back on some of their stuff. But TNA has too many people, too many wrestlers to do their shows. They need to cut back on half, on at least a quarter of their staff and cut back on at least, um, three, three or four of their main guys just to say, okay, this guy can go after this title. He can go after that one. Put these two guys as a tag team. Let them go and feud with this tag team over here. And they'll, then they'll all feud for the tag team titles. I mean, it's one of the facts where too many people wanting to do one thing and nobody else wants to do all these other things that are sitting out there waiting. 
well, here's the perfect scenario for the world to change. You know, people in the WWE talk about all of them. We don't have seasons. We don't have time off. We don't like regular sports. We don't have an off season. If you've got that many people under one television show, take some of them and put them off for three months. Take some of them and say, okay, you're off the next six months. Recycle your talent, and then it stays fresh. Then your wrestlers aren't getting all banged up, and they're staying healthy, and they're happy. Now, I will say this. I'm looking in the chat. Troy says that he agrees with that, too. Of course, who do you cut? No matter who you fire, there'll still be a shitstorm. Well, here's the thing. It doesn't matter who you fire. It doesn't matter. Because Vince McMahon and the big corporate juggernaut, the WWE, are going to say, I'm not going to hire them. I don't need them. Why would I want them in my locker room when they're doing the same shit over there? If you have to get completely new talent, it's not like there's a shortage of professional wrestlers out there. Maybe a lot of them are not well-known. But here's where it comes into into play. Make your own fucking stars. Another thing that this company and WCW didn't know how to do. Every established star that came through WCW was made a name by the NWA or Vince McMahon. Well, and, but by the same token, most of these TNA originals had seven, eight years to make a star out of themselves, and only a couple of them were able to pull it off. Well, That falls back on the talent also. It does fall back on the talent, but at the same time, they're doing what they're told by creative. Yeah, but sometimes it's how you do what you're told that makes you a star. I'm just saying, there's no shortage of professional wrestlers out there. If you wanted no, to put a completely... people wrestling in fucking, you know, gyms and dojos and, you know, old grocery stores that have been turned into a fucking gym. You've got guys like in the CZW, you've got guys in ROH, you've got guys in Jersey All Pro Wrestling, you've got the overseas guys too, and I really wish that TNA would come up and say, hey, you know what, Ring of Honor, you guys are doing a great job. I'd love to see some of your guys come over like they used to do back in the day. I mean, it was really good when they brought in ROH, they brought in New Japan for wrestling, they brought in all, all Japan for wrestling. Bring in all these other groups and say, you know what, let's, let's bring these guys in, let's get some, get some show out there for them, let them be shown off, and we'll send you our guys so that you can use them for the next month and a half or two. And we'll pay exactly what you pay. I mean, I'd like to see that because then it would actually get more trades in out of the, um, out of the superstars. It would, Get the superstars out there to say, okay, this guy's really good. How would, how would you feel about it if we keep him one other month? I mean, it, it lets people come in and go out as they, as they please. I mean, I know that's going to be somewhat confusing, but it would be really good for the superstars because they can go in two different places and work two different exact styles. That's a good point. That's a good point. So Sean, is there anything else? We've actually got another call coming through. Nothing really on my head. I just want to talk a little bit about TNA and say that. It's right. good to, uh, <laughs> it's good to, uh, hear, hear WNL live again since I haven't been on here in a while. That's wow. good. It's good to have you on, my friend. It's good. And I will see everyone on Friday for Unplug because as mm-hmm. I said before, I'm back, bitches. That's right. All right, Sean. I will talk to you on Friday, my friend. Wait a minute. No He's back. He's back. I didn't know he left. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I took a walk about, uh, October. So. I remember you announcing that, but I remember you going away. I really didn't leave. That's the funny thing. It happens. Yeah, it does. But officially. Welcome back, officially. Yeah, Sean's Thank back. Thank you. All right, Sean, I'll yes. talk to you on Friday. Later, hey, guys. Sean. Hey, Sean. Yep. Um, real quick, 
Um, the new DC Online comes out tomorrow? Yeah. Is that going to be for console and computer? It's coming out for the uh, PC and also for the PS3, but no 360. Well, I'm, it's, I'm PC it's Sony up. Online Entertainment. It's SOE, so... So, you think it's going to be worth picking up? Um, it looks really good, and I'm actually going to probably grab it from uh, Gamefly and check it out. I'm not too big on MMOs on consoles, but since it's coming out for the PS3, and I don't think there is a uh, a uh, monthly fee for it on the console, I'm going to try it out, but I'm going to take a little... Is there going to be a monthly fee on the PC? Yeah. It's like WoW on the PC, really. Wow. Yeah, just get some more information and check it out. Let me get this straight. Since it's SOE, that means I'm SOL. Right. Oh, well, right. fuck them. Except right. for the computer. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing that either. All right, Sean, I'll talk to you later, buddy. Later, guys. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. We do have another call. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? Hello. Caller, you're on the air. Speak now, forever hold your peace. Uh, he's forever hold his peace. I think he got dropped. Oh, well, it happens. You know what, fuck it. We'll go into the emails, and I'm sure we'll get calls as we're taking emails. But I do have a few emails that I want to get to. Some very good emails this week. We always get good emails, though, so that's, that's nothing new. Can I have your attention, please? Of course you have an email, you idiot. Just read it. This first one comes to us uh, from a new listener. I believe, I believe you pronounce his name Humaid Alshir. Is he a prince in some company wanting me to transfer some money to another account so his dad can get out of prison or some shit? No, he's not. Okay. Dear JJ, my name is uh, Humaid, and I'm from Dubai, United Arab Emirates, or what Trey likes to call Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi Dhabis. I have been watching wrestling for 25 years straight. Your show is great, real, and informative. I'm also a huge mark for the pay-per-view coverage, especially Mark the Shark to Carlo's input. He reminds me of the old days. I would like to discuss two points. One, the WWE now partially reminds me of the 80s. I enjoyed the Attitude Era because my age fitted with that era, but now as a father, I enjoy the youth movement and the PG programming, and I don't want that era to come back. I completely agree with you. Sounds like you. Number two, you mentioned before TNA is doing a great job on marketing their product. I agree with you totally. I was surprised to see that TNA website, that they held a show in my country, and I have not seen any kind of promotion whatsoever in any roads, newspapers, magazines, or promotional posters. It was really a shame because the arena was only 80 minutes from my house. And I would have All the best to all of you and the wrestling fans. Yours, Humid. So he's from where? Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi? Dhabi? <laughs> As you would call it. Abu, 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 it's, Abu, it's Abu Dubai, but you call it Yabba Dabba Dubi or whatever you call Yabba it. Yabba I don't Dubi. know. How far away is it Yabba Dabba Dubi? Uh, What's well, in the Middle East, Trey? So, okay, so we're in, sand, so we're in, in the Sandlot. Yes. Well, I'm asking. I need to know these things. I don't know. I do believe we have a phone call. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? Hollywood. What's up, Hollywood? What's on your mind? Not much. Not much. A couple of things. Uh, a little bit from last night and some from some from today. Uh, I really I'm kind of mixed about the pay per view last night. It wasn't a bad pay per view at all. It just 
you know, it just had, it was just, you know, I was digging the new champion with Anderson. I mean, I hope they don't pull some stuff and try to get Jeff Hardy back on the belt, you know. I'm hoping it's, 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 he's there to stay for a while. Well, you know, I was a little confused. I mean, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised to see Matt Hardy debut as a Mortals mystery opponent. But I would have thought Matt Hardy would have been better suited as a face. But hey, once again, let's take all your heels, turn them face, and take all your faces and turn them heel. Because that's the cool thing to do. That's what being a great booker in TNA wrestling does for people these days. And you wonder why this... Pro- why, like, seriously, you wonder why they have problems. It's just like before, whenever they... uh you know, would bring somebody in, they would always team him up with Jeff Jarrett. He was always part of Jeff Jarrett's regime. I hated that shit. They missed a golden opportunity. They missed a golden opportunity to bring in Matt Hardy as the voice of reason to be opposite of his brother. Why are you doing this? Why have you turned your back on your fans? That's not the, the Hardy way. That's not how you were raised. That's not how we do things. But, you know, but they blew it. They blew it by putting him in the fucking faction oh, right God. off the bat. That's just fucking dumb. You're killing you're killing dumb. me, Troy. You're killing me, Troy, in the chat. Wow, shit on a company for trying something different. So you're telling me that it was a good idea for Matt Hardy, who could be considered a big fucking draw for TNA wrestling, to He's debut. Huge baby face for them right now. He could be. A huge fucking baby face. You're telling me it's a good idea? To put him in a mortal and make him a fucking heel? Come on, man. What the fuck? That's something, that's something, that's something original. They've done that for years and years. I don't know. You know what? I mean, they want to be original. I mean, they could bring Hardy out as a heel. He could be, they could bring back the NFers. They could, you know, not the NFers, but they could do something, some sort of following since he has a big face, you know, big thing on Twitter and Facebook and all their fun stuff. So they could do that. They could do some sort of computer-related thing, but, you know, they're not. It's teammates. They don't know how to do anything more than make feel. How? How, if they made him face, would it be the same old shit? Yeah, exactly. How would it be the same shit? Because at least he'd be getting a push in TNA wrestling as opposed to the WWE. He might be actually main eventing fucking pay-per-views and getting title shots. And slap the taste out of his brother's mouth. And for once, a feud between the two of them would make sense. As opposed to just making them fight because the WWE wanted to make them fight. Now they have a reason. Jeff's been in tears, acting all fucking stupid like a fool, you know, joining fucking Immortal after he's been a babyface his entire fucking career. Matt shows up and says, man, that's not the hardy way. That's not the way our dad raised us. Boom, instant fucking golden feud. It, you know, the same could be said with Christian. The, the same could be said with it. Christian. He was a huge draw for them, too. He was the first one to jump sides and not join with Jeff Jarrett the minute he got there. So you're telling me that Christian could be a huge draw for them, but Matt Hardy couldn't? Come on. That's ridiculous talk right there. It's TNA. They're a glorified fucking independent. Right now, yeah, they're getting that way. They've been that way for fucking five years. Well, okay. Well, or longer, excuse me. They've been, what, around nine years now, almost? Well, they still have a TV deal, so until some of these other independent get up there and get a TV deal, then I guess they're still better than they are. Oh. Is there anything else, Hollywood? 
Yeah, just to, uh, as we mentioned a little about, uh, Rodney, I love the fact that Shawn Michaels is back tonight, and I love the whole thing, you know, some of the things he did, but, you know, one thing that really kind of, I don't know, is just, you guys, is that taking just a bit long with the whole Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler skit? I mean, a little bit. you know, how obvious, you know, is it that they're going to bring Cole as GM? I mean, how obvious? I mean, why don't they just announce the title? They're just going to pull that, pull that little skit, you know? Well, I'm not sold on him being the guy yet. I think it's almost too obvious. You know what I mean? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, I'm really loving the punk stuff. I mean, that tonight was good. Oh, yeah. And have, just, you know, good, I, didn't, I didn't say this during the Raw review, but the good thing about Raw tonight was that it was a show in segments. There was more than just one storyline going on with a bunch of filler crap. You were worried about what the Nexus was doing. You were concerned about the main event at tag team match. You know, you had Sheamus and you had, you know, Jobo. Several things tonight going on all in one two-hour program. You know, as opposed to... That's how you make good wrestling. Right, as opposed to one big main event, two hours of fluff. You know... That's how it's supposed to be. Everyone's supposed to have a storyline. Everyone's supposed to, you know, have a place and a piece and a part of the show. Yeah, everybody has their place on the show. John Cena's the star of the show, and there are people that, you know, obviously their job is is to put John Cena over. He's the main main port. You know, he he's the main person that show revolves around, and it's been that way for five years, and it's not going to be ending oh, anytime not. soon. He's probably got another wow. five or ten so years that, to that go. That guy's going to be there for a while. That'd be like Triple H. You know, he'll stay there for as long as he can. But the good thing about the WWE is they're at least building up new stars. Definitely, yeah. And that's that's the positive thing that you can say about them. In TNA, if you've worked in the WWE, you're going to be a star there. You're going to be main eventing pay-per-views. It doesn't matter if you jobbed every fucking week on WWE television. You're going to be a star in TNA. Good superstar. I really can't wait for the day that MVP's going to go up there, because it's going to happen. He's not going to go over there. He's not going. He's not going there. Why would he? They fucking jobbed him out from day one. He doesn't need them. I've heard he's going to retire. He's not going to TNA. I'll just have to see, I guess, on that one. Time and money will tell on that one. Well, is there anything else, Hollywood? I've got several emails I want to get through. No. All right, brother. All right, yeah, I'm going to get out of here. You guys have a good night. All right, man, we'll talk to you soon. Take care of yourself and get some uh, lozenges and some Epsom salt, man. Will do, brother. All right, peace. Peace. All right, let's go back to some emails. This one comes to us from Mike Smith. Hey, Trey and JJ, let me start off by wishing you and the rest. What? Sounds like a made-up name. Regardless, we got a fucking email, so that's fine. I don't care. Well, I understand. I'm just saying that'd be like me emailing something going, this is Joe Smith. So his name's not really Mike Smith? I got a feeling it's not, but go ahead. Wow. You're just on fire tonight, man. (laughs) It's an alias. I guess. Hey, Trey and JJ, let me start off by wishing you and the rest of the WNL family a belated Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I've been listening to the archives since Kurt Angle, and you've kept me entertained every week, so keep up the good work. Now, on to my reason for writing. Having watched Genesis throughout today, I've realized a few things. Uh Uh-oh. Now, I've only been watching TNA since Sacrifice last year, and and I actually find it more entertaining than the WWE most weeks, despite 
some of the things that go on there. I agree that sometimes creative can be a bit wayward, and the ref bumps are on the show. The ref bumps on show after get frustrating, but I can see these as small problems in an otherwise entertaining and enjoyable show. Comparing the two products, it seems clear to me that TNA actually have more quality in most of their departments opposed to the WWE. The tag division and knockouts are clearly streaks ahead of the WWE's. The knockouts match from last night was better than most of the mid-card matches we get on Raw, and Beer Money and the Guns have constantly put on excellent back-and-forth matches, which beat out any of the WWE's tag matches since the Hardys were taking on the Dudleys and Edge and Christian back in the early 2000s. Comparing the two heavyweight divisions, there's a decent competition between the two companies, with WWE maybe having an advantage before Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Jericho all taking extended breaks, or retiring in the case of Shawn, with guys like Angle, AJ, Samoa Joe, and Anderson against really only three guys on Raw at the moment, and Cena, Orton, and Miz. Although I agree with you, JJ, 2011 is going to be a big year for Jomo. The only real problem with TNA seems to be the creative decisions they make, although it does seem to me they get a lot more criticism than they deserve. This brings me to my main point of the email. With Matthew, all caps, now arrived and joining Immortal, who is there to fight in Dixie's corner? I That's get to say that we've both been saying that shit. I get the feeling she was scheduled to come back any time, and with only what appears to be four guys in RVD, Matt Morgan, Anderson, and Angle to fight for her. With Samoa Joe involved with the Pope, which, by the way, in my opinion, is pretty fucking sense. stupid. AJ in, injured and Matt on the wrong side. Creative is going to need to do some serious reshuffling if this already rewritten a million times storyline is to lead to something worthy of its airtime. It may mean that Dixie needs to speak to Jeff's lawyers and get a few tips on getting her decision adjourned in a month or so to give AJ time to recover and give Creative enough time to rewrite a few wrongs. How would you go, how would you guys go about concluding the storyline with many key elements appearing out of place? Thanks for the great show, Mike Smith, and he's in the UK. And I want to thank, uh, hold on, I gotta go back and scroll up. Where'd it go, where'd it go, where'd it go, where'd it go? Straight attitude. Picking up on my Mike Smith Seinfeld reference of it being an alias. Well, see, there you go. I didn't watch a lot of Seinfeld back in the day. Yeah, it's one of my favorite shows, so I was just pulling Seinfeld card out. I don't do it very often, but he wants us to fill in the pieces on who who should fight for Dixie now. Is that what he's wanting? Yeah, that's what I'm getting. Man, I'm telling you, they missed the boat with Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy is the perfect fucking dude to have come in, you know, being, you know, the brother of the Antichrist, Jeff you know, treat it like an intervention. <laughs> you know, I can't believe you're going down this road. This is not like you. It's a man. I mean, it's a self-made, written, self-written storyline. You got to, you got to see RVD at the front for Dixie, and and, and you got to see Kurt Angle at the front for Dixie. See, I, you uh, know, that, that's just it. They've kind of booked themselves into a corner here. Yeah, they've booked themselves into a corner. Perfect analogy. Matt Hardy. Completely should have debuted as a face. He should have had a... Uh, AJ should have come back from his injury and started asking people for help. Look, 
Yeah, I know. I was a part of Fortune. I know that. But do you see how quickly they eat their they eat their young? They feed on their own. Matt Morgan, look how long it took him before he got out. Look at Douglas Williams. Look at me. I got hurt. They kicked me out because I couldn't compete. You know, they made my life a living hell. You know, now I'm back. I'm healthy. I'm 100%. The doctors have cleared me to wrestle. It's my goal to help Dixie Carter get her company back. And if that means I have to take out every member of Evolution, of Fortune, and Immortal myself, I'll do it. Okay, okay, okay. With your help. Hold on, Trey. I think people are misconstruing the problem. Troy is asking. There's plenty. Or he says there's plenty of people to fight for Dixie. They don't need Matt Hardy. He brings up the Motor City Machine Guns. You're talking about people that aren't established main event talent. We're talking about main event guys to go against their main event guys. So you're going to take a whole locker room full of guys like the Motor City Machine Guns and Jay Lethal, and you're going to put them against Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy, and Beer Money, and everybody else that's in their fucking stable. Troy, you're smarter than that. Why are you being such a dumbass tonight? I don't get it. AJ comes back from being hurt. Can't get anybody to help him out. You know, brings in Matt Hardy to help him out. Then he gets guys like Matt Morgan, RVD, Kurt Angle, the Guns. And they run immortal out of town. But that gives you the baby face that we've all wanted, which is the house that AJ built, to be the main man. That scenario didn't exactly work for the main event mafia and the front line. <laughs> I mean, really, the main event mafia and immortal are pretty much the same group. Yeah, it's pretty much the same shit. It didn't do them any favors when the TNA originals were going after the main event mafia. I mean, and that, that's another thing. We're talking about a storyline that happened about two years ago. All they've done really is recycle that same storyline. Again, again, if you cannot fucking commit to your sales in your sales job, you do not have a job. If you don't meet your quota, you're fired. And whoever is writing this shit, whether it's Russo or the fucking janitor, he is not hitting his quota. Fire the motherfucker and get somebody who can do the job. Well, he's got a lot of mopping to do. God damn, I'm fucking sick of this shit. Let's move on to our next email. Because I don't really know that I can fix the problems, Mike. I don't know that I could go in there tomorrow knowing what I know and fix the fucking hole that they have put right now. I hope that they have some grand master plan that's going to make everything work. I just don't see it. And I'll be I'll be the first one to fucking commend them if they do. Because even though I bitch about this company, if they do something right, I'm the first one that says, hey, that was good. But I'm not happy with it. I'm very jaded with this fucking product. Let's move on. Our next email comes to us from Richard. Says, I had a great time interacting with other wrestling fans while watching last night's pay-per-view. Got a couple of questions for, for you. Any chance that the other pay-per-views that your staff commentated on get uploaded to iTunes? Last night, the TNA Bound for Glory and Turning Point show got downloaded, but none of the WWE pay-per-views from the Money in the Bank have failed to show up. 
Um, I think that Internet Dave has got everything on iTunes updated. He usually does the iTunes updating for Sunday Night Showdown. Well, it sucks Internet Dave. Exactly. So hopefully that is done, but uh, everything should be there on iTunes. Um, I am a fan of the other show on SNS Network, but I would like to know if Unplugged is going to show up on iTunes. Keep up the good work, Slim. Slim Shady. I think that is Senior Slim in the chat room. Senior Slim, I think. So I see Internet Dave is there. Get Unplugged on iTunes, Dave. Or you're going to be fucking fired. <laughs> you can't deliver, I'm going to fire you, Dave. You know I'm fucking with you. Fire your ass. He'll boot your ass. No, you're the one that boots people. I just fire people. Boot I'm an you. asshole, remember? How many people have left the network in the last year because I'm an asshole? God, not because not. not because anybody did anything wrong, mind you. Right, they, you're just an asshole. I'm just an asshole. I ain't got nothing to do with any of it, but yet I'm involved too. I know. We're just assholes. I'm like, oh, you fired somebody? Oh, they quit? Oh, all right. All right, this is our, I think, our final email tonight. This one comes to us from our good friend, I believe, DJ. I could fly. Uh, and it's entitled Raw and TNA. Right. Well, good Raw for being against the BCS National Championship. They did a ton of random things, such as the random Nexus beating and their awesome new T-shirts. Problem is still WWE uh, will be able to handle no competition with no sporting events. I don't want it to go shitty all over again, all the way to August. That would suck for wrestling fans. I saw a match on the Internet on YouTube. Actually, it was an AJ Styles versus Hurricane match. It was actually an awesome match. Sadly, AJ lost the match, and it was on a WWE show. I've never heard of it. It wasn't even on WWF Heat. So I was streaming on Justin TV. WWE, here comes the pain, and this motherfucker, who I know you all remember... Jim Warshotsky comes into my room and starts blabbing Vince McMahon is selling stock from his company and 3.0 ratings are bad and the business 1.4 for SmackDown means it's going to die. This motherfucker just kept blabbing on how the wrestling business is terrible. I ignored him, told him to go the go fuck a goat, and I banned him. Well, yeah, if you got to fuck something, make it a goat. I do need a wrestling news banner, though, a wrestling news live banner, though. It would make the channel look a 100 times better. TNA was a mindfuck, a huge mindfuck. I did enjoy the SNS commentary, though. Um, my problem with this company, Vince Russo needs to get hit in the face with a huge hammer. The MMA angle needs to stay in the UFC, not the wrestling business. Come the fuck on. Jeff Hardy losing the belt was good, but could it be that the last we see of him for quite a while, will, be in, will he be in jail for five years? Thus, it is that, why is his brother now in TNA? So many questions, TNA. Good God. And what the fuck, Earl? Retire from pro wrestling. You were totally lost in that main event, uh, running with your head on your shoulders for crying out loud. Fix this company. I want to be able to enjoy SNS and Wild Chicken. Good show once again, SNS Radio Network for pay-per-views and Monday nights after all. Fantastic wrestling radio. You know, I thought of something out on my notes. I wrote it down. I didn't mention it. TNA should change their slogan. No more cross the line. TNA should change their slogan to you got questions, we got answers. You got questions, so do we. Yeah, you got questions, tough shit. But we do have one from Mohammed Z- Zakarin. 
I'm not even going to say a word. Good day. I am Mr. Mohammed Zakirin. I want to inquire from you if you can handle a transaction of... 20, oh, there it is! $22.5 million belonging to your bank. Write him a check, JJ. <laughs> oh, wait. Belonging to our bank, deceased customer who died along with his family during their vacation. I will uh, give uh, you more details. It will be your percentage for your assistance as soon as I receive your reply. If you are interested, please forward me the below information. Click on the below link to confirm the genuineness of the deceased death. Yeah, do it. Yours faithfully, Mr. Mohammed Zakirin. We'll do it. Let's I think I, I'm gonna I'm gonna send him fucking five hundred dollars tomorrow. No, just reply, just forward the fucking email and see what see what he says next. Not a fucking fuck with the dude. So, in other words, ladies and gentlemen, if you get a email from Mr. Mohammed Zakirin, it's a scam. Goddamn cowhead. Ooh, Irish lottery. I wonder if. Nah, it's a scam. But that's it for the emails for tonight. You know what I love about this show? You know what I love about the WNL family? It continues to grow. It oh, seems yeah. like at least once or twice a month we're getting new emails from people. Right. From new listeners, new members of our family. And it's been that way since about March of last year, since we started this show up. And that's got to tell you something. That's got to tell you that we're actually doing something right. So I just want to thank anyone who's ever taken the time out of their busy day to jot down a couple lines. Yes. To tell us what your thoughts are. We appreciate your feedback. You're the reason why we do this. I would have to agree with that. So on that note, I think it's time to wrap up. We've been going a little over three hours. Yeah, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. I do have a song of the night that I'm dedicating to TNA Wrestling. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I think it's going to be uh, pretty good, actually. Song of the night! All right, well, that being said, have a great week, everybody. And make sure you vote for Wrestling News Live on all the Wrestling Radio Awards at WrestlingRadioAwards.com. I'm down with that. We're definitely up in a lot of categories. But more importantly, if you don't like the show, vote for who you do like. That's right. I don't want to be a stickler and say, oh, only vote for us. Vote for who you think should win. Exactly. And uh, just a little programming note. I'll be back, of course, this week with another edition of uh, Unplugged this Friday night. Right here on the SNS Radio Network. Joining me on the program, we are going to be joined by former member of Crime Time, Shad Gaspard. Uh-oh! That's right. He might steal the show. So you should definitely tune in to find out. And if you missed last week's edition of Unplugged, shame on you. We had former WWE diva Maria Canales on the show. That's right. And what a great interview. She was so fun to talk to. And there was some, cool. There was some very funny moments in the interview, so I definitely recommend you check out the archive. With that said, I guess we're going to kick things over to uh, to JSK and in the show for tonight. Again, I'll see you Friday, and then we'll see you right back here next week, right here, same bat channel, same bat time, 11.30 Eastern, 9.30 Mountain Standard on Wrestling News Live. JSK, take us out of here. Happy New Year. Cool. With that being said, thank you very much for listening to the show. Thanks for everybody uh, that participates in the forum boards, and thanks for everybody participating in the chat room. Until next week, peace, 420, kiss my ass. Good night, white people.
Just look in the mirror and think to yourselves, what can we do to change? This message is directly to you. Start with the man in the mirror and figure out where to take your company from here.
TNA, make that change. Make that change. Make the product watchable again. That's right. Russo, look at that man in the mirror. It starts with you. Good night, everybody. Mwah.